You are listening to a podcast of Ice and Fire, episode 230 for the week of May 6, 2018. Welcome back to the longest-running podcast dedicated to George R. R. Martin's Song of Ice and Fire series, and occasionally HBO's Game of Thrones. As usual, this is Ashley, and this is Amin, and we're here to talk about Ice and Fire Con 2018. Yeah, last weekend was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best so, one yet, I think. <laughs> I think so, definitely, yeah. So what we're going to do is just do a short episode talking about what we did each night and how it was overall and uh, the general experience of the new uh, place, uh, the, the Deer Creek Lodge. Uh, what did you think? Uh, they're very nice um, because we... Like, every time we go to a new spot, there's always, like, growing pains where we haven't been to the venue yet and we don't know how everything's going to set up and work. Um, I think there, there are going to be some changes next year, but overall, it was a very nice facility. All the feedback from the staff has been very positive that, you know, they loved our group being there. Um, I mean, the weather didn't hold up all weekend, so that was a bit of a downer, but the out- outdoors, when it's not freezing, <laughs> was very nice. Uh the cabins, a little bit of a walk. Uh, maybe if you're a part of the staff, don't stay there. <laughs> yeah. But they're they're fine if you're not having to run back and forth constantly, and they're they're great for late nights. Like that's kind of where everyone congregated in the evening. But yeah, overall the, the venue was very nice, very clean. Um, restaurant was a little slow, but you, you still got your food. Um, yeah, I, I had didn't really have many can't think of complaints to be honest as a pool too and it's very nice we've dubbed them the water gardens yeah did anyone use a pool it's like we, we were all so oh, busy yeah. <laughs> oh, you did? You got oh I, yeah. I didn't get a chance to go but uh uh yes there was a small uh gathering like a few days before we decided to post a hey if you want to use the pool and you want everyone to be there at the same time hmm. this is the time to go to the pool uh next year though we're definitely going to organize a uh, more put together pool party yeah, just schedule it in maybe on the schedule. That would be kind of interesting. Uh, I think, yeah, I, de- I definitely liked the facilities. It was good rooms. Uh, the restaurant, yes, it was a little slow, but, uh, but the prices were pretty reasonable, especially breakfast. You get a full buffet for a reasonable price, and then you could kind of skip lunch mm-hmm. that way. Um, yes, I heard a lot of positive things about the breakfast. I never went to breakfast, but uh, mm-hmm. everything I heard was like this breakfast was much better yeah. than the other one. You got Lots more. Up. For your options. money. That's right. More for your money. And, and, and then you get like the custom omelets you can get made and just it's reasonably priced. And uh, uh, people seem to like the bar as well. And it, it wasn't that far to the cabins. You're right. If you want to go back and forth, it'd be annoying. But once you take the shortcut, it's okay if you go uh, occasionally. And uh, I was I was in the main lodge. and mm-hmm. had a good time there. Um, and then I got in there pretty late on Thursday night. Uh, like, when did you... You got there earlier, right? Were you there during the program? Yeah. Um... I had my stag and dough, if you, if you recall. So I got there Thursday afternoon, and I spent all that time setting up stuff. Um, I do set up a lot of things for the convention, and then also we were doing a stag and dough that night for my wedding, and I had to. We were I was in a cabin, and we had to put that all together, which was a lot because the, um, a stag and dough also has like a lot of games you play. So we had to set up all the games, put them all together. So. Yeah, that took many hours, so I didn't really get to do much Thursday. I was just kind of working on that. Who did you stay with in your cabin? I was with the Chicago Boys. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, there was, there was some of our uh, listeners in the cabins. Our... There, there, w- there was a Houseman Woody banner on the cabin next to ours, so yeah. 
waves to them. Oh, that's right, yeah, I remember. And that's what, what I saw when I came in. We walked in. Uh, FD Ward and I came in, and we, we saw the Man Buddy banner. We're like, yes, we found where we need to go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was with some of his sister, I think, at a cabin. And, and uh, just looking at who else was there on, on the the night of uh, Young Griff. Okay, Chris was there, Casey, uh, Zach, uh, alias from the forums, and uh, uh, Eigenvector and his and his wife and daughter were there. And I don't know if, if Porto Anthony was uh, uh, there that night, but he definitely was there at, at a lot of events. So one of our new listeners that we met at the convention. Um, then going into the next day, we had our podcast meetup in June, right? Yep. And, um, uh, first thing I, did. I was late for that. Like um, you're, I think you were looking for me. Like, hey, where's the Yeah, meeting? well, no one was in the room either. So I'm just like, <laughs> did Amin take the group and take off somewhere else? Didn't like the room or something? But uh, yeah, I was, uh, again, I because I was so busy Thursday, I didn't get everything set up I needed to. So I was setting things up that morning in the gaming room, and I didn't see much of anyone. And then I went over to our meetup, and there was no one there either. So I'm just like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, there was, it was like a panel room, and we had a table. It's kind of weird, and then everyone came and sat down. Usually we have it like around the table or uh, at chairs or something, but it was just everyone sitting in the front few rows. Yeah, at, at first that was like awkward because there was only a few of us in there. I was like, should we really be sitting up here? This is like <laughs> odd. But then the room actually started to fill up a bit. I'm like, oh wow, people know who we are. <laughs> yeah, we have a, we just have a solid contingent. And, uh, like I, I took a photo of the people there. I think there was at least 15 people uh, at the event, and probably in the, in the convention itself, probably 20 or 30 people that were listeners. So uh, it was good. It was good to chat and. And I, I always feel apologetic because I, I run around a lot and I, I'm very shy. Like if I don't know you, I'm not, I'm not the kind of person who'll just go up to you and start talking to you. So I, I really always feel awkward like that, that listeners think that I'm just stuck up or something because I don't talk to them. And it's like, I just, I can't, <laughs> I got so many peeps that I'm like running around trying to keep track of and. And you're there for the meetup, so people can meet you. Yeah, no, no, like, like, well, the, the people I end up surrounding myself with are super extroverts because I can't talk, so they just, yeah. I just stick them in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, let me just take a look at the schedule here for that day. I mean, it was a good meetup. We chatted about. Uh, uh, I think we went to lunch after the meetup with some of the listeners there, and then there was. Uh, what were you involved in anything in the afternoon? No, I, I saw the not a fanfic panel. That was pretty good, as usual. You'll have to go over the schedule, yeah, or I can pull, let me pull it up. In the up. afternoon, there is Happy Moments in Game of Thrones. There's a Reddit meetup. There was, uh, well, the board game started at 5 o'clock. We had a good contingent for that. Okay, you got to tell me about this board game thing, because Tara and I were talking about how it didn't look like the gaming room was getting much play at all. Like, we, we made the gaming room bigger this year because it was so popular last year, and then every time we went in it this year, it didn't seem like there was much going on, so... Uh, well, not as much again. as last year. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm trying to think here. I mean, the board game itself, because it went by faster, only took a couple hours that day, right? So the mm-hmm. question is, in terms of who was playing games there, I mean, we still had the solid people playing a couple of tables uh, both nights. Uh, I just think feel the room felt bigger, right? Yeah, like, well, it was a bigger room. That's... Yeah, we probably had the same amount of people as last year, but remember, the room was smaller last year, so maybe we don't need that quite as many tables. Yeah, uh, there. But I mean, what there else is you... talk about um, you know uh, moving things around next year, so that's probably not going to be the board game room next year. Yeah, as long as a room has four tables, that's enough uh, for gaming. I think. 
So maybe I had like double the amount there, right? Because those are pretty big tables as well. Uh, so maybe the numbers were not there, but I mean, people were there late as well. I don't know how long the, the cabins went, but we, we were playing until like 2.33 a.m. So oh, <laughs> we were up okay. late. But it, it, I think you could feel that yeah, it was spread out, definitely. It was definitely okay. a lot more spread out than uh, past years where you, things were closer. Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'm looking at the schedule now. So Thursday night, there was also there was a small council meetup, which was just if you wanted to ask questions of the small council members. It was mm. just kind of uh, we stood in the front and took questions and just talked a little bit about the convention. Um, there was a Game of Thrones season seven panel. I think that was more of a joke panel, or um, well, there was a trial panel. The the, the next time that was kind of cool. It was like uh, Game of Thrones, like and great characters. It was kind of funny. That was yeah. really entertaining. Um, there was probably um, what else? Yeah. Okay. So so Friday, yeah, you, you Friday. had your gaming made up. There was yeah. arts and crafts, which which when you're making um, we do the the election thing. Um, you could people you can make a poster for a character. You're trying to win the election, and people vote with change, and whichever one has the most money at the end of the convention wins. This year was the hound one. Um. We had our podcast meetup. Oh, oh, there were wolf photos this year. Oh yes, that's right. The Ironwood Wolves. Yes, they were very cute. I went down to see them. Got some photos done. Um, for ten dollars, you could get your picture taken with the wolves, and you got lots of pictures. Um, the wolves are—they're not like huge wolves. They're—they're—they're they're, 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 no. they're dog-sized wolves. If you're worried about it, but also, um, there was a puppy wolf, which and by puppy, it's like a small. It's not—it's not a puppy size. It's a wolf puppy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so the puppy was annoying the bigger wolf as puppies do. Oh, really? So, um, when you got your picture to- taken, the, the bigger wolf would start growling at the puppy. <laughs> so you would have this like, and the, the, the wolf making those grrr faces that are super scary in movies and stuff like right in front of you. It wasn't like never, you know, did it at the person. It was always just directed towards the puppy, but it'd be mm. right in front of your face. But... <laughs> so for the picture, it was good. I looked at <laughs> movie worthy, but. Yeah, the, the wolves were very friendly. They were giving lots of kisses and whatnot and climbing all over you. They were very friendly wolves. Yeah, and they but, had a panel but, about that later, too, the next day. Like, they spent a little bit about the wolves and their role in the ecosystem and stuff yep. like that. So I think that was definitely a nice addition. Uh, did you go to the stage combat? I did not go to stage combat. Stage combat is the one that's indoors on Friday? Or? It was outdoors. But it's on Friday? Yes. No, I, don't, I did not go to that. Okay. I so missed a few of these the, panels. I mean, it was really... Well, we had panels last year, too, but this year in particular with the schedule, it really had that convention feel with panels going on, yeah. which was good, I think. Not, I think that's a step in the right direction. It wasn't. Still, the convention was decent size and kind of recognized even all the new people. Uh, I mean, people showed up, too. There wasn't that many no-shows in terms yeah. of uh, registration. But uh, were, if you wanted to go to the panels, they were there. You could be in panels like the whole <laughs> Yeah, that, that was... Uh... You know, a, a suggestion that we've taken to heart, like people were asking for more panels, so we yeah. got two panel rooms. Well, just remember uh, back in the day when the first convention, right? We barely had like any panels. It was yeah. just, like, in the dining hall. It was like the panel. It was just hanging out in like the bar, and that was your panel. <laughs> Look how far we've come with the convention. Uh, okay, let's see. Um, Did you go to karaoke or anyone, see anyone? Yes. How would that go? Um, it was fun. It was lots of fun. We only I was only there for like the last hour or so, but it was great. Uh, I I was uh, in the evening. You tend to do more joke cosplays, so I was do, we were doing Dothraki Fury Road, 
me and my uh, friends from Chicago, uh, my girlfriends from there, and uh, we had these blow up horses. And we were arguing for like a solid 15 minutes about what song to do for karaoke. And then like we're, the list is getting closer and closer to our names. And fi- I don't know who it was that thought of it, but we decided to do On a Boat by Lonely Island. Because in season six, between season six and seven, what are they, Dothraki? They're on a boat. That's right. So that, that, that went over well. And we kind of wish that we had done it as like a performance piece for the performance cost contest because... That would have been funny. How did that uh, performance go? Like, who, who did well? Now? Oh my god, the performance cost test was amazing this year. Slowly, the videos are getting uploaded to YouTube. I highly suggest uh, everyone go and watch them all because there's some amazing ones there. Um, like, like some really great stuff this year. The bar was raised. Hmm. Well, let's talk about like raising the bar and a lot of work you did. It. Because that night was the musical. Tell us a little bit about that like, <laughs> project. Well, I want to know, like, how, how did it come off on your end? Like, what was your thoughts? Because I, 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 I don't know how, like, I, I have the background uh, viewpoint. I don't know how it went over, really, with sure. everyone else. I'll, I'll say, I mean, I found it really good. I, I, what was interesting is, because I, I hadn't seen Hamilton, I seen that this was meant to be kind of emulating, referring to that. I just viewed it as a general musical in that sense. It was really entertaining and I thought that it was a good idea to have it because you had it pre-recorded but then you're kind of miming it right yeah I thought that was pretty a good way to do it because there's a lot of lines that's the easy way to do it and, there's, and there was technical difficulties but it was all good everyone was enjoying performance and I thought it was it was very creative and you, and you did a good job up there so well done thank you because <laughs> um, uh, we, we did not have any time to rehearse <laughs> yeah so that's definitely good I enjoyed it I mean the only thing that, that hampered my enjoyment had nothing to do with the musical I was just exhausted. It was 8 p.m. Yeah. at night, uh, the first day, and I had a lot of sleep. So, like, for the first bit of it, I was like, oh, I'm so tired. And then I got into it. It was cool. Woke me up. <laughs> I'm glad it was enjoyable for, for someone who doesn't know Hamilton at all and, you know, it was completely new to them. Um, yeah, it was, it was great. It was a really uh, creative way to do it. And, and you only went to the end of the second book, right? So there's room for more. Yeah, we, we did. Uh, for people thinking that we made you sit, sit through an entire musical, no, we only did about forty-five minutes. Uh, <laughs> no, only certain songs from the first act of Hamilton. So we didn't even do all the songs. We just kind yeah. of picked, choose ones, and it only covered up to the end of the Battle of Blackwater. And uh, yeah, it was well that and a lot of the panels will be online, right? So we'll definitely I'll link to the yeah. website. People, if they're moving, they're slowly uploading them. So that that's great. The people that couldn't make it out there this year can still see it. Yeah, uh, I stayed an extra day, so uh, I was staying with Tara, so I got to see the uh, recording of, of the musical, and it looks good. I like everyone. Like I, I did get a lot of people coming up to me saying, you know, oh, it was so great. I loved your character or, or how you did it and stuff. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, like oh, I'm feeling all great about myself. And then I watched the video, and I'm just like, God, I look like a hot mess. So <laughs> thank you to everyone who approached me because if you didn't, I would have like anxiety over that because I think I look ridiculous. <laughs> Well, it's always great just uh, meeting, yeah, th- things like that. Like people appreciating musical, or just our listeners when you meet them. Like it's really cool meeting people that are that listen to all our work and like recognize us. And like the, 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 even I was meeting people like I think there was someone named Luke or that we met that he had that experience that we had when we met each other. He's like it's so weird to hear you in person when you're used to listening for your voice and ears, right? So it's just it's just kind of a weird experience that to, to be like a mini celebrity <laughs> for a weekend and have your own like gang of people. That's why I always like. That's why I apologize for being such an introvert because mm. I feel like 
I should be hanging out with everyone that listens to the podcast. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I, I, I need to like know you for a couple months before I can hang out with you. Well, we need to, what we need to do is maybe schedule. We have the podcast meetup, but I think it wasn't last year that we had like a dinner as well that you were there. Uh, or like we should just have a dinner out one of the nights too, like in, a, in the restaurant, and then have all everyone show up again. I think that would be good to to interact. Uh, but I mean, given your given your introvert uh, nature, you still manage to challenge yourself with things like the musical, right? You're putting yourself out there. Yeah. To to do that, you, you imagine you, you probably would have never imagined yourself doing something like that when you're when you're like in high school, right? <laughs> nope. Um, <laughs> you were, I, you were, I mean, you were like, the Watemote character. <laughs> Yeah, but I was the one that always wished I could do that, though. Like, I, I, you know, I'm one of those people who wishes that I was an extrovert, but, ah. and sometimes I can fake being one. <laughs> so this was, a, this was me faking it. And and thank God that uh, it was pre-recorded, because I probably would have frozen up on stage if it wasn't. Well, I think that was and, the best way to do it. I mean, it's difficult with all those lines, and uh, the fact that it was pre-recorded and it had the, the subtitles also made it easier to keep track of stuff, right? So it was cool to have it in subtitles. Uh, okay, so that's about it for that night. We were up playing. Uh, we played Secret Targaryen uh, both nights. It was fun to play that, uh, although we were kind of like uh, figuring out the rules still. So this, it's a little tricky. Like, it's a game that John made based on Secret Hitler, and it was popular. It was a lot of fun to play that again. Honestly, not being able to play games this year was uh, probably one of my bigger disappointments. I never really had a chance to mm. do the gaming room much. So I missed that. Do you have a copy of Secret Targaryen? Yes, I do. You do, yeah. Have you ever played it, though, or you should play it out? I haven't had a chance to yet, because I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> when, when I move to the to Chicago, I'll actually have people I can play it with. That's right. But uh, right now, I haven't had a chance to. I was hoping to play it this weekend, and uh, yeah, I just never had a chance. Well, we actually had a speed round of the board game, too. That night, where we we played with something called Tides of Battle, which is really random. Like I don't like playing it because I like I like more like it's less strategy when you play with there's more luck. It's kind of like dice, but we played it and and we I won in one hour, which is pretty impressive <laughs> for the board game. So that was a lot of fun. Okay, so let's move on to the next day here, Saturday. I stopped by the meetup for Radio Westeros before lunch. Uh, it's a pretty popular. I have I, I don't actually listen to. Radio Westeros, but I do read uh, some of the work of Lady uh, Guinevere uh, from from the, and she's come on the Supreme Court before, so it was interesting to see her in person. Uh, let's see here, trial by combat in the afternoon. You were there, right? Yes. Yeah, we're and it was cold. freezing. <laughs> I was like, I'm glad I brought my toque with me because I had, I, I had, it was in the pocket of my jacket since it was only winter, like a week and a half ago. See, it's still so yeah. I had my toque with me, and I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah, I got my jacket, my toque. <laughs> yeah, I had to go back and get my cape. Yeah. But it was good. We had, we had people in there. Who was doing well? Uh, um, Pasha won yes. the joust, right? He did, and yeah, then he down. presented his lady friend with roses for, you know, winning the... Oh, that's right. That was awesome. Um, that was really cool. And then uh, for the melee was, was one of the... Who was the one that was, um, like, Brittany, maybe, was her name? Or... Uh, it, it was a girl, so... Yeah, I think it was Brittany or something. Uh, got it. It was fun. Like, it was fun watching. Although somebody uh, almost got injured in the eye, so... Yeah. <laughs> that's why you have those waiver forms, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, okay. because because of that, we're, we're gonna look into ways to make it a little bit safer yeah, next year. Yeah, safer with it. Were... You don't need sharp tips of the swords, right? Like, you could... 
And well, they're not sharp anyway, right? They're not sharp, but I guess it's fine. No, I think it was just that he got hit hard and it was in the face and we're not like the rules say don't go for the face. Like that's that's an automatic disqualification. Yeah, if, but I mean it, it happens because of the accident, right? Like that one was yeah. an accident, like the whole playing. I don't know if we just get something that's even less chance of hurting if you get hit in the face or something, like the change of things that are used. It is gonna it is gonna be looked at, uh, how to make it a bit safer. How yeah. to do that. Sorry, I just got an email. I'm I'm actually sending an email to Fantasy Flight Games to <laughs> to uh, ask them to do a world championship for the board game. <laughs> uh, I've written up an uh, argument, and, and, and uh, okay. people are supporting me now, like Mr. Westeros. They just sent me the letter in support, so I'm going to send them all out tomorrow, along with Tara, to be like, hey, we'll promote it. If you if you have it, we will promote it, right? <laughs> it's easy. Like, it, it can, it can um, hold a world champion? It could, sure. because what you could do is they already have world championships for the card game and other games in November. So what oh. they could do is just uh, run it like an invitational tournament, or right? it's an open tournament, and, and that would be the world championship. Like you would get between like sixteen and a hundred people, and that could easily do that in a couple of days. So uh, that would be a good. I mean, maybe in future years you'd have to actually like uh, try to filter and stuff. But the first year it'd be very easy to run a tournament. So I, I've like written an argument in favor <laughs> of it, <laughs> and because I'm like, well, if you do it, we'll promote it, right? We'll, we'll advertise yep. it on our podcast. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? I, I poked my head in the Free Folk Jamboree. I, from what I gathered, it was playing Song of Ice and Fire songs on kazoos. So <laughs> I'm not entirely sure what was going on there, but it looked like people were having fun. I could hear them singing The Bear and the Maiden Fair at some point. So I think it was just a sing-along, mostly. Oh, there was. oh, Lovecraft. I went to the Lovecraft panel. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good, like showing some of the influences of Lovecraft. Uh, George and the people he worked with, and uh, again, just fun to have that kind of panel again that you would attend like at Anime North or somewhere else. Yep. That kind of professional or well, fan panel still, but like a lot of thought put into it. And yeah, slides as well. Um, so I wasn't planning to play in the trivia because I didn't even know if I was eligible. <laughs> so, but then like uh, the oh. list, our listeners are asking me, and I'm like, well, I'll see. Can I play? Because I didn't help prep it, so I didn't know anything. Yeah. Right? And Terry said sure, so then I, I was like, okay, I, I joined Team Commonwealth. So it was me, and then it was young Griff, uh, Chris from Australia, and then Kevin, who came from UK for the second year in a row. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I believe he listens uh, as well, but he's knows the podcast, so we're like, Team Commonwealth. And we did pretty good, actually. We Yeah, you did, uh, especially with how hard those questions they were. They were hard, and we, we were really, really close. Like, we were, I, I mean, again, I hadn't prepped for it, right? If I wanted to prep, I would have, like, reviewed the houses <laughs> for the last few weeks before because uh, th- yep. those are so tricky. Uh, we were third for the first round because there's three different rounds, right? Yep. And then second for the second round. Again, and really close, like debatable sort of stuff. And then I thought that was it. Then there was like the show round and yep. uh, we never heard who won and it was like, okay, whatever. And then we had won. Like, we didn't even, I was like surprised. <laughs> like, what, we won? Uh, I thought somebody else won. So we did win. Oh. Team Commonwealth. And apparently, no, it was, yeah, because it wasn't yeah. revealed to the next day, right? It was revealed to the... Um, at the closing ceremonies. Yeah, they were like, Team Commonwealth. I was like, what? I was not even paying attention. So, hey, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. My trivia team sucked. <laughs> were we, <laughs> we there knew, in trivia? We, we knew, oh, yeah. We were there for the first one. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 we were the ones who were trying to bribe the judges. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. And then I was like, okay, this is just funny. Haha, but it better not be real. Because, I mean, I don't care. But, like, for somebody else, it's like, they'd be like, what the hell is going on? It was all joking, joke to me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't. But I, we noticed that they didn't give us back our five dollars either. <laughs> <laughs> they just took it. <laughs> yeah. Were you with Brian's team, or was that a different? Yeah. Team? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Did you guys left then, I guess, right? After the yeah, we did, because we're like, we're not winning this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we, we, we got some consolation points, I think, for our creative answers. <laughs> like, like one, of, one, one, of, one of the uh, questions was, can name Sir Duncan the Tall's mounts? Like, seriously? Yeah. So we just made up names. We had, we knew we had three of them of the five. The other the other and the fourth one we almost had, but it was difficult. But you got yep. five of them that's ridiculous, and there was a lot of points on that. Yeah, there was there's there's ways you can you can go really go uh, not uh, politically correct about your answers for that one. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, I I love like this is just like a like only at Ice and Firecon. I got the answer to uh, uh, how uh, Jorah Mormont's related to. Uh, Tyrells or yeah, to, uh, Marjorie Tyrell, right? Marjorie. Yeah. The reason I knew that is because I cosplayed Marjorie's mother the year before. Oh. Like, who, who cosplays like Marjorie's mother? I can't even remember her name, but I'm like, I know this. She's a high tower. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we got that as well. It took a while to to figure it out, but I, that was a good one. I, I like that kind of family tree stuff. Yeah. I think one of the years I asked uh, who Red Walder's parents are, uh, which was uh. Je- Jenna and, and, and Lannister and Emma, Emma Frey. And, uh, but I think I took like, um, opposite, I, I, I was like open to taking, uh, other answers because I had the theory that it's actually like a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Holy shit. Sorry. I was just looking up, uh, Jenna Lannister for a second. It's like, this is a freaky artwork for her. Let me, let me send it to you. Okay. <laughs> uh, this giggling is making me nervous. There we go. Oh, and I apologize to people for for my coughing. The con crud is real. Oh, the con crud. That's bad. So lucky you take. You should Ooh. take a think. Yeah, look, that's Jenna Lannister. Yeah, that, that, that's not how I see her. <laughs> no, <laughs> she's not an angry type. You know what? What is she so angry in that? In she's that? sassy. She's she's, she's more sassy. like an Elena. She, yeah, that's right. She is. Uh, I remember that she's big. Like she's big body now, or whatever. Right, but she's not like yep. pissed off. Like a freaking. Like she, why is she so mad? <laughs> Maybe she's mad about not being in the show. Yeah. <laughs> she's mad about season seven. Okay. So let's see what else we got here for Saturday night. Um, how was the flea bottom uh, party this year? It, for for the part that I remember, <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, I might have overindulged a bit that night. <laughs> but yes, it was, it was lots of fun. Um, they had pictures on the screen of past uh, Ice and Fire Con. So it was fun seeing all the memories a lot. Oh yeah, I saw um, that. That was cool. Like that's a cool idea to have the slideshow. Yeah, and uh, I think like there are some really amazing costumes that come out for for the party. Like the the, the crazy mashups that people come up with, and like the the one that wins this year, I think has got to be Marty. Marty was unable to attend the con last year, hmm. so we dressed. We got a blow up doll, dressed him up in a t shirt, and stuck a picture of Marty's face to the blow up doll. So this <laughs> year. Marty wore the same outfit that the blow-up doll was dressed oh, that's in. Hilarious. <laughs> so that that's just ice and fire gone right for you right there. There's just so many in jokes and uh, yeah. fun times and references and 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 just. But if you, it, there was plenty of new people this year and they had a great time. It was like very easy to come and join. Uh, there wasn't a single listener that that attended that regretted joining. I think they're oh, all yeah. happy today. They came and it's a lot closer now. It's a lot easier to get there. You can just fly into Columbus if you're coming from far away and rent a car or catch a ride there. And really what, what, what I found like 
there's so many like little in jokes that just take off at this con- convention mm-hmm. since we're such a small group, but the jokes just you know kind of grow. Like two years ago, Brian bought this bottle of tequila that was shaped as a skeleton. <laughs> two years later, now Thursday night is known as Skelly Night, and people wear skeleton costumes. And oh, one wow. guy came dressed as David Pumpkin. It was amazing. <laughs> it's great. That's great to see it. Um, how, so how late did the cabin parties go on Saturday night? Like you were oh, God. They, they, they go... Uh, what time did I go to bed? They were still going on. <laughs> uh, like I, I went to bed, I think, at 4 a.m. on uh, the Thursday night. So that's kind of when it died down. Uh, Friday night... Probably went to bed around three ish, maybe two, two or three. But they were st- it was still going on outside. It was just starting to peter off. Then mm. <clears throat> Saturday night, it it um it was rough. <laughs> I I can't say when it ended because I don't remember when it ended. I just remember waking up <laughs> in my bed. <laughs> how, how, how was the weather in, in, in the cabins? Like, was there heating or did it need heating or was it okay? Um, uh, the, the cabin temperatures were fine. There were there was uh, fire pits outside the cabin, so like a lot of the nights we were just standing around outside. It was c- cold, but you'd stand next to the fire. Okay, let's see uh, the, the next day uh, on Sunday because uh, I had my panel that I uh, uh, had suggested kind of like late in the year i was like well i guess i want to do a panel let's do other works of george r, r. martin and then aziz joined me from history of westeros and uh, butterfly from uh song of ice power university and so i uh, i basically i had a very few basic slides already and then the morning of i was just like putting photos in uh, artwork for it and i thought it went pretty well because we had a discussion of the various science fiction works and, and, and horror and things that george has done and some of, i took some of the quotes that uh, George has said and about how he sees everything. Like, he doesn't really see genres uh, or that separately. He sees it all like kind of different just flavors of the same thing. Uh, human heart didn't struggle with, with itself. So uh, I thought it was a pretty yep. fun panel and we recorded the audio. So I'm going to edit the audio. Uh, I'm going to add the audio to uh, the end of this podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And then uh, that's part of like the after show. And then I'm going to also release these slides as well. So you'll be able to see both. That's, yeah, like I'm, I'm upset. I missed so many panels. Like I popped my head in, but I've just been running around so much. So I really want to see that one. <clears throat> yeah, I think that's yeah. gonna be. That was a fun one. We had really good discussion with the audience and just talking about the meaning of the works. And uh, oh no, then we also had Andrew as well. Andrew, who's little bigger, was like mm-hmm. moderating for us, and he, he had you know, a lot of the. Has Andrew been coming since the very start? Or? Um, I don't know. He hasn't because uh, we we. I think he's a Dragon Con friend. Mm, or so I can't remember. Yeah. I remember in the first year yeah. that we ever went, there was a guy who was playing Littlefinger pretty well, but I don't remember if it was him or it was somebody else. I cannot remember, but he's been there the last few times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so that was that panel, and then we had the awards and closing ceremonies, which was a lot of fun. Uh, getting those awards to everyone and just uh, thanking the small council for everything. And, uh, and then I headed out. I went out with uh, Brian... Uh, which Brian is either first, the second, or the third. Uh, Brian, the uh, the Terra, uh, no, Terra, the Terra's Brian. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> That's the easiest Terra's way. Uh, got a ride with with him and, and Talia. John's daughter joined me. We went to the airport. Uh, got there nice and early. Got through security quickly. I mean, I have Nexus. It's awesome. Like, you just you don't even have to take out your laptop or anything. Just yeah. put it all in. 
so I'm there like way early and I check in and I have my ticket and I just sit down like uh, I eat uh, like a kind of afternoon lunch and I sit down and then get an email saying your flight has been cancelled oh god <laughs> what my flight has been cancelled cancelled yeah. I just somebody was just beside me and they just checked their bag in. Like, what's going on here? And uh it's been cancelled because Toronto runs a shit airport. Like, uh, <laughs> what, what happened? One tenth of, what you guys can't run a proper airport. Like but did they just have like a too big of a backup going on? They're like we have repairs on the tarmac. Well can't you like Well you knew that, that yesterday. <laughs> you could have told that earlier and then we could have cancelled it, right? Like it's it's, yeah. it's just this and the same thing happened last year, like the same flight, except that one was delayed for hours, and I lost my connection. And both these times, I need to get back to work. Like, yeah. I, there's a reason why I'm leaving on Sundays because I got I got stuff to do. I'm busy, and, and and then I'm just stuck there. And then, thankfully, this time I was ahead of the line of most people to get help, and we managed to find a flight. Yeah. Because uh, I had to get back, and we, I went down to Phoenix. So and then it was like, oh, I don't know if you can like catch this one. Like it's going to be like half an hour transition and then if you go there we won't cover it i'm like well whatever my credit card is insurance after six months i'll get paid back because they do cover it eventually okay. so i was like i'll give it a shot i need to get back to work so i so i'm flying all the way to phoenix and then like i'm like wait a minute like shouldn't we be landing soon like i'm getting closer to my <laughs> next flight and i'm like panicking and then i was like wait a minute like maybe what time zone is phoenix in and phoenix actually is pacific time zone so i'm like oh i'm off by an hour i got time and it, okay. it was like it was like the around the world in like eighty days or whatever. It's like oh, wait a minute, God. you actually have a little more time than you thought. To yeah. To travel, and so I did have time, and so then I landed in time, and then I powered through the airport, got to my connected flight, got on that, and then and then uh, then I was a little bit panicked for a second. I was like, wait a minute, I, they made me check my bag. Is it going to be transition the time, or I'm going to lose my yeah. bag? But it was there, so I got home super late and managed to get back to work. Now, how did what happened to you this Sunday? <laughs> okay. Um, well, first I want to. To add to your flight story, on on the way down, I again weird crossovers. I had to for, transfer in New York City to get to Columbus, which makes zero sense because it's farther, flying farther away. Yeah. Anyways, so my I, I I get to New York City and I go to the gate and who's there but the all the girls from uh, New York who are flying in for the oh, wow. convention. So that was fun to meet up with them, uh, and I got to, you know, sit around with them and talk about the con before it started. So that was a great way to start the con. Um, on Sunday, after you left, um, I, I stayed until Monday because the flight on Monday was much cheaper. Uh, you know, I just helped take down all the stuff that was still up around the con, you know, take everything that's gone up has to come back down. <laughs> Uh, that evening, we did. We watched three episodes of Game of Thrones uh, for the people who stick around Sunday night. We put on uh, on the projector. We uh, in the main in one of the main rooms. We watched a few episodes at night. So that was fun. You know, just having a big group. There's a there's a good sized group. I'd say maybe twenty or thirty people still around. And then, yeah, I got up in the morning and uh, had to uh, again. We were put things into storage before going to the airport and uh, got to the airport and uh, found another con attendee that lives in Toronto who had the same connecting flight again uh, where he, he had to go to, we were both going to New York and then from New York to Toronto. Uh, so so that, that's fun. I mean, like a, I've never had that experience of going to airports and meeting up with other people who are going to the same convention. 
That's cool. <laughs> That's uh. Oh, but you got through the border okay then on on the first time down on the way down. Or? Yeah, on the way down. Um, they were act. My flight was at like. 7 a.m. So I was oh, at the airport at like yeah. 4 a.m. and they were 4:30 or yeah before five anyways. But uh, they were having their customs, their computers went down or there was some oh. sort of error going on. So I had gotten there super early, thank goodness, because the lineup ended up getting so far backed up that they were doing that. You know, if your flights this time, we're pulling you out of the line now. Yeah. Right. So they were pulling people out. So I don't know. I got through customs without any issues. I don't know if that's because. I won't have any issues because they don't think I'm trying to run away to the U.S. because I'm immigrating, or because their computers are down and they just didn't know that I should be flagged. Yeah, that's one. That's one. That's one of the reasons. Like, I mean, again, we probably have to get your immigration stuff sorted first, but to get nexus, it's not yeah. that situation. The the lack of stress, like the stress you avoid, where you can just take going the fast line. Yeah, is awesome. Like when I was going through, they just like the nexus line wasn't even being used, so that they have like cordoned off with the, you know, those those uh, things they can open, so you can go in the line and close it. They opened it for me to go in, then they closed it, and then it just popped in front of, like, a long line. It's just awesome to have next. And then when I went to the States, they didn't even, like, ask me anything. They're just like, have a good trip. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> you just go in, and then Canada, you come back, they didn't even talk to you. You just, like, hand the slip. Yeah. The thing, and you move on. So, it's just worth it for that, in that sense, like, the lack of stress. I, I do say every time, you know, they, they ask you why you're going, and I say Game of Thrones convention, I do get, you know, a couple looks at that. <laughs> <laughs> Go, going down with the U.S. border guys, like, oh, I just had one of those beers. Okay. Yeah, that's right. All right just <laughs> thoughts for next year, then, things I was thinking would be cool. Uh, one is, uh, we kind of talked about this, uh, I know you weren't here, I think, for the last, we were here for the last podcast, like, just uh, a proper trial for a character, I think, would be fun. Um, the reason why... Uh, we're not sure what they're going to do next year, but the reason they didn't really do that this year is because apparently Con of Thrones did something like that last year, and they're trying not to do the same programming as them. Oh, but I mean, I, I had this idea like 10 years yeah. ago, so you could do <laughs> I, I was right. going to do it on the podcast at some point, a trial of the characters, so, yeah. so we could just say Podcast Vice and Fire original idea. <laughs> uh, then uh, the other thing I thought was kind of cool, because I really enjoyed the, the panel talking about George's other works. But maybe in that panel, do it again, but maybe, like, read little excerpts from it. Oh, yeah. I think that would be pretty fun, because uh, there's a lot of, like, little, like, couple paragraph excerpts, or even, like, uh, from the Pear-Shaped Man, which is a really freaking horror story George mm-hmm. did. Uh, make make more use of that panel. And it was a good panel, but, like, maybe actually move it back a day so that even more people can attend it, because we did have people that missed it because they were already gone uh, for Sunday. But, I mean, I think it definitely was enjoyed that it was a panel that, that day. It was open slot. So that's that's what I would say. Uh, do you have any co- final comments for the convention for next year? Or I think uh-huh. pretty much covered it. I think. I think that's pretty. Just get your tickets yeah, early if you yeah. want to go because yeah, it's fill up faster. It's going to sell out next time. year for sure because yeah. we were very close to selling out this year, yeah. and yeah, definitely do that and I get your hotel rooms early yeah. too. I had a good view of the water too from uh, my hotel that's... room, so that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, we had. Next uh, year, I'm going to stay in the lodge just because. It's logistics are easier. Yeah. You can always go to the cabins at night if you want to go to a yeah. party there, but most of the time you're in the lodge for, for stuff. Um, okay. Uh, let's just talk about very briefly um, Anime North coming up. Uh, okay. Since, since we've got Don't that remind me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's too soon. <laughs> just to say that I have a lot of panels myself with people mm-hmm. that are going there. Uh, and I was trying okay. to convince John and, and, and his wife to come up because I do have yeah. that extra room. 
and who knows, maybe they will come <laughs> and cool. attend. Uh, there is, um, I'm doing a podcasting panel, which is, I did last year in a pretty good group. I'm doing uh, sex positive anime and manga, which is fun to kind of analyze some of the works there. Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, which is always a good group. Uh, Doki Doki Literature Club is getting its own panel, and I hopped onto that. <laughs> Even though I haven't thought about the game for a while, but yeah, you know. dude, the the guy who made the game is apparently going to be there. Oh, really? Worked on it. Yeah. We should uh, we should uh, email him and see if he'll come to the panel. That'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, or maybe that's why he, that's what the Q and A is because I heard there's a Q and A. Maybe he's doing a Q and A. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh good. I mean, I'll definitely go. I mean, he's Canadian. I think the guy who made it, right? Is it? I don't uh, know. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let, let me see here. Dan Salvato was it? Uh, could be if he's going to Anime North. He doesn't have to be. I mean, like, his Anime North does get good people, but I'm pretty sure that he was Canadian. But, uh... Anyway. Or well, maybe not. But anyway, he's close enough, I guess. He's close enough to Toronto that he can go out there. <laughs> so maybe he's not Canadian. Uh, Game of Thrones. I'm actually doing that. Uh, uh, fans of the professional workplace, the whole professional thing, and then One Punch Man finally got approved. So I've got the full seven panels. Oh, wow. There you go. And uh, yep. they spread out pretty nicely. Plus, I also organized One Punch Man photo shoot and Doki Doki uh, Club photo shoot because nobody was creating it. I was like, well, come on. Someone's got to organize yeah. it. Yeah. This is the year. It'll lose popularity over time. So if you want to do photo shoots, you got to do it the year up. So, and we're at the Sheraton this year. This is going to be yep. interesting. To That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah. And a couple of my panels are there, which is nice. We just got to time it properly to go over the I mean, if, if, I, if I could still get in the main hotel, I would do so. It's because they're closer to the panels, right? Yeah. But uh, that being said, the Sheraton is, I think, nicer in terms of room quality and uh, late night. Yes, they do have nicer stuff, rooms. So. Um, yeah. So what I'm stuck doing, okay, I told them to drop panels that were conflicting with my photo shoot schedule this year mm-hmm. because I'm just like, I'd rather do my photo shoots than panels. Yeah. And because of that, of course, the one that gets dropped is Yuri on Ice. I was like, oh. Oh, no. Yeah, so I got taken off the Yuri on Ice panel. But do you feel like you, I mean, you were on it last year? Like, I was. You know it pretty well, like, so you would have you you enjoyed doing it again, I guess. I would have, but again, it's, it's so popular that they're not going to have issues finding They will have quality me. panels, panelists, or, yeah. yeah. It's because it's, 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 it's just kind of sucks not, because I am pretty... You feel like pretty, yeah. That's the thing that we that's the thing that we do that we transition so well for mice and fire. Like whatever yeah. we like, we we, we, are. we we get into it. We're experts because we read the fan theories, right? Yeah. We go to the websites, we read Reddit, we watch the YouTube, and that's more than like ninety percent of the people that get involved in the fan. It's it's also like I'm friends with Stephanie Wilson, who is uh, she runs the Geek Area, and she is a massive Yuri and Ice fan and is posting about it constantly. So I, you know, just from her posts that I'm always seeing. I get a lot of the crazy information that people don't think about, so I, I just I just have a lot of knowledge just because of that. Well, fact. you should have like, uh, brought up your and Ice when they were out, because they asked us. I think it was Porto Anthony or Anthony Porto that uh, asked us like, what what else do we get involved in other than Ice? Oh, <laughs> and that's I guess Yuri and Ice, and then what else? I guess related to your panel, like Black Butler, you're always being a big fan. Mm. Uh, that's the one panel that hasn't been approved, so oh, I don't really? know if that's Black going Butler? to happen or not. Yeah. What happened? I mean, it, it, I don't know. It's just on the not. A, it's on that list of. You but know, isn't it on the Yaoi panel or like the Yowie, like Sheraton, like side of it? That's no, it's it's in the we're talking just talking about the series. That's not Yaoi. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there, there is another panel that it's not really a panel. It's more like a ask a character thing that's going yeah. on at the at at the Yaoi on Yaoi. I just about said Yaoi on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, 
Yeah. yeah so just the Sheraton the, side yeah, of it. Yeah. There is uh, there is another one that is approved, but that's not mine. Um, mm. I'm I'm doing Killing Stalking. I'm doing Made in Abyss, and all right. There's uh, the way Yaoi North sets up their panels is a little bit different yes. than the other way. Uh, they just kind of fill slots for panels that they want to have. Um, so there's one panel that happens every year called Just Teammates. It's about <laughs> certain undertones and certain sports anime, and they were not getting people to sign up for it, and it's a very popular panel. So I'm just like, hey, I've already been dropped from one panel. If you need someone to fill in, I'll hop on board, you know, help mm. fill up panelist spot. So I, I, I look in my email when I get home from Ice and Fire Con to see that it only has two panelists and I'm the moderator. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, I've only been to like half of the panel because I, ever because I've only been able to go to the panel once before and I had to leave halfway through for a photo shoot. So I haven't even, <laughs> I'm like the least qualified person <laughs> to run this thing. And they got me running it. Which one like, is it again? Just teammates. Oh that one, yeah, but I mean, that's one of the ones that where, where the listener, I mean, the, 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 the like the attendees will will definitely have stuff. Yeah, to say, it's right? much of a, you know. A, what time is it that one anyway? I'll come watch uh, it. Let me double check. There's schedules here. I have a nice spread between the three days. Mine are mostly on Saturday, which I kind of like that it's you know condensed yeah. to one day. You could kind of focus to get the panels out, and then you can do your cosplaying around that three days. Yeah. Is Saturday at 3 p.m. I probably will not be able to make it. I have a panel at 3 p.m. So. Oh, yeah, okay. you can miss my professionals panel. <laughs> yeah, all my panels are on Saturday. Um, Killing stockings at 8. Oh, hold it's on. Saturday at 3 p.m. I, I don't have a panel, but I, I may have a push, so we shall see. It's at the Sheridan, too. So. Yeah. I, I have a panel at 1.30 to 2.30, and then I think I have a panel at... Uh, uh, wait, well, maybe. We'll see. There's a possibility I might be actually going to make it, so we'll see. We'll have have you watched schedule. Made in Abyss yet? No, I have not. That'll, that'll, oh, okay, that'll be a popular one. That's at 9.30. What's it called? Made in Abyss. Or is that... It was, like, one of the most popular animes of last year. What kind of genre is it? Uh, adventure, I guess. Yeah. Oh, I think I heard of it. I think our, our people in the forums definitely probably refer yeah. to it in, in, the, in the anime forum. Yeah, so it should be fun. But you're not uh, you're not doing any One Punch Man cosplays, or are you? This year? No, because I, I want to wait until the new season comes out, ah. and, and it didn't come out. <laughs> so I'm just like, damn it! I guess I'll wait till next year. And uh, because of how my co- costume is made, it's gonna need a lot of repairs. Yeah, your cosplay costume is pretty. Yeah, it's it's a lot of cra- craft foam that's been coiled and sitting in a tub with other costume stuff on top of it so I'm not even sure if it's usable I might have to remake it all so. it will come out uh, this year though it's confirmed so yep. it's fall or winter I mean it, it's too late for this but hopefully I mean if that's popular then it'll be good for the next year although there's a possibility that it might not come next year I mean it is I'm still it's a different studio in. too so I don't know what the, if yeah it's, it's right That that is the worry why the heck did they change the studio, change the studio? Yeah. but I mean as long as they keep the story even if the animation is not quite as good, it should still be popular. The story is really good. The manga is really good. I really like what they're doing. With it. They're basically... He had gone very far ahead in the webcomic and then kind of stopped. And then in the manga, they're filling up the blanks. They're filling it like they're making... They're, they're, they're almost doing like what George did. Which is the <laughs> they, they, they're doing a feast and a dance except it's good. Like it's really... It's a really good world and there's not a rush. To, like we already know where it's going kind of. So they're just really building up the world and the characters and the interactions and it's a lot of fun. Like it's a really good manga, and that's that, that's the fandom that I'm 
really involved in now. It says One Punch Man in terms of keeping up with it. And then Attack on Titan as well, I keep up with it. Uh, because this, the manga is insane. I think the manga is in its final like kind of arc mm-hmm. now. And so, I don't know if you've been keeping up. I don't. I haven't, so no spoilers. Yeah, I won't. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna say that they get. It just they're really doing a lot. The guy, this mangaka, is really like flipping things around and and just making it interesting. And we know that he's getting to his end game. Like I think. I think that the thing, the manga is done in three years maximum, if not less. This is considering coming out every month. Like yep. I think he's getting to the to the end point. So it's getting interesting. Yep. Uh, so I am involved in that kind of keep keeping up. With it, but I just I just like One Punch Man. It's great. So I'm really looking forward to the second season. Uh, and I'm keeping, I'm keeping up with My Hero Academia as well. I mean, that's yeah. that's just classic Fun. shonen, but in, yeah. in a newer form. Uh, that that reminds me of another thing for Ice and Fire Con or not? Sure. That's it. But um, one of the things that was run was I believe it was History of Westeros put on Quiplash. Yes. And and that's a really fun game. I I completely missed it because I forgot how Quiplash worked. But if you've ever played it, it's it's I think it's one of those like Jack in the Box games. But um, if you have a cell phone, you can you you, you play it on your cell phone, but with the whole group of people, and it's kind of like a Mad Libs type thing, and it's really fun. Cool. Yeah, I think that that was pretty popular. Uh, I guess that's it. I think we'll just wrap it up, eh? And, uh... Yeah, it was good chatting with you, Ashley, about... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, convention. I apologize for all my coughing. Yeah, the upcoming convention. And check yeah. us out on, on podcastspicefire.com, on Twitter and Facebook at DeviantArt, and we shall see you next time. Yeah. So I actually had some leftover Powerade, so if everyone is feeling hungover and needs some, there's right there. You'll free to grab Already a better panel than average. <laughs> <laughs> that just added to, to our review score. That's right. Okay. So, well, I mean, I'll introduce myself. I'm a meme from a podcast of Ice and Fire, Bastards of Kings Reeves, and a little bit of a Vassals of Kings Reeves podcast. And I'm joined by... Hi, I'm Aziz from History of Westeros podcast. And, uh, yeah, good fun to be here. Like, loving uh, George's extra material. Uh, I'm Andrew. You may see me on the panels here in that Dragon Con. Clear, clear, little finger. <laughs> I'm Butterfly from Asakalife and Shire University on Tumblr. And so I was just saying, like this cover, this song for Lie One with the lips. Uh, you know, I, I think you know, I had read George first, and then I was like, what else does he have? I went to the library, pulled that out. What the hell is this? Put it back in. And then, <laughs> yeah, like, what are all these lips? <laughs> <man>? <laughs> but it's really good, and we'll get into it. We'll come back. And the other thing is uh, this cheesy doodle thing, and this this is a Japanese cover of the Pear Shaped Man, a horror story by George. Really good. He makes cheese doodles terrifying. Oh, cheese doodles? Yeah, so cheese doodles. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you come out of that book either saying, I want to have some cheese doodles, or I'll never want to have them again. <laughs> like, what are cheese doodles? We'll have an opinion yeah. on cheese doodles. Is everyone's mic uh, on, by the way? Just making sure. Yeah, that's on. Uh, Wait. It's not. Oh, it's not. Uh, there we go. Check, 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 check. Okay. 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 So what I what I had before we get to the works, like what we have, I just put a bunch of covers up, and then we'll all talk about. Are we having? Is it okay? Yeah, there we go. Uh, okay. Next slide two. Yeah. But I wanted to just put some quotes from George that he talks about. George doesn't view science fiction, fantasy, and horror that differently. He just sees them like different like flavors, basically of the same thing. And that's why he's so good at it. I think like he's able to transcend and just 
write a horror novel and then move on and do a science fiction one. And he's been doing this fantasy one for, for decades now, but for decades before that, he was doing other works. Okay, let's move on to, and so the, the outline is just roughly some of the things we'll be covering, but there's more in there now. So we're just going to do like a cover by cover thing. Okay. So, Ice Dragon, have any of you, because uh, that's the closest thing, I'm starting closer, have any of you read Ice Dragon? Uh, yes. Yeah. There, there are even published, there was a publisher even said it was in Westeros, but George has said no. Yes, yeah, right. oh, he actually, he actually came out, and, good, yes. yeah, because they were just, although they say it's the same universe, which yeah, is, trying, billions, billions and billions of planets, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we could say just something like that, yes. we'll sell way more, just yeah. <laughs> He's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think... The people that do think it is it mis make the mistake of like, yes, George had earlier ideas that he touches upon again in his works now, but it yeah. doesn't mean it's the same yeah. world. That's going to be a theme throughout a lot of these. You'll see yeah. that like straight up, he just takes the same name and uses them, and that'll. He didn't. He didn't envision his popularity being <laughs> what it was. Yes. You know, so many years later, a lot of these books are written in the, the as far back as the seventies. The interesting thing about the Ice Dragon is that there's two versions of it. Yes, that's right, and and not that much difference, like uh, between like in the years. I mean, in the years. Well, the. the the most re the published version in the book is uh, for young adults. Yes. And there are some <laughs> cuts made from the short story. Yes, that's, that's right. <laughs> Just a couple yeah. of lines, but they're mm -hmm. enough. He wrote the original text years ago, and then they're like, "Oh, this could be a children's story," but it's a children's story with mutilation, and, like burning and blind <laughs> rape. Like it's is George R. R. Martin's yes. children's story. <laughs> <laughs> in older, yeah, in older school children's story. I mean, any of the older tales and folklore. Yes, yeah, are very... eyes getting pecked out in Cinderella. That's true. Yeah. They dance to death in higher shoes or something. Yeah. Does anyone read the Ice Dragon? I'm just curious. Yeah. And did you read the Lewis Royo version or the like the other one from like 2006? Yeah, I've always been a fan of Louis Royal for decades as well. So I was like, he's always should draw George R. R. Martin stuff. They finally paired up, but this was the wrong one. <laughs> the reason why is he's really good at drawing magical beasts. Well, good dragons, but he's not good at drawing kids. He draws, uh, he draws adult uh, women, but he doesn't draw kids. So he's uh, not good at drawing the kids. So he's got half of that. It's good. He <laughs> <laughs> needs to do any other George uh, work. Okay, so and this is another. That's like the foreign cover. That's kind of interesting. Okay, we'll go on to the next slide. Tough voyaging. I mean, yes. you read tough voyaging, and what did you think of it? Gotta love a guy with a cat named Chaos. That's the village. Sold. Yeah. Has anyone in the audience read tough voyaging? Yeah. And you you were reading that was like decades ago when it actually came out, right? Yeah. I think before the Song of Ice and Fire came out, I think it, at least one of the tough voyaging stories was in Analog or Amazing or Astounding or one of the science fiction magazines I. They were all short stories, uh, and then they would get collected later and put into an anthology like Tough Voyaging together, but they were really just short story style. And let me just say why you should read Tough Voyaging really quickly. Is he, George was ahead of his time. He was talking about genetic engineering ideas in the 70s, and that's what he was working with in Tough Voyaging. And the concepts that he touches upon are still relevant now. And, uh, and, and the, the hero tough, well not hero, we don't know, the, the character tough, right, is a really interesting great character, so. He's like a space Ferris, right? I mean, yes. <laughs> he is, yeah, he's like a space Ferris. Yeah, and, and he loves cats. Yeah. And, and then he's got like psychic cats, so yeah. it's pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, I read uh, Lauren mentioned that he has some sort of uh, similar things with Tyrion in terms of uh, disability. Yeah, I, I would think so, yeah. You can see Tyrion in there, like, and you can see Varys in there, and then... I mean, the times Tywin, maybe even the way that maybe. some of the hard lines that he takes. Yeah, yeah. It, it's really good. Like, a bunch of short stories. 
Uh, there's one like longer short story that like the, the first intro one, right? How he gets in that situation, and then right. the, the shorter. But it it is worth checking out. I think. Yeah, and then you know theoretically Westeros could exist within that thousands world. Yes, that was that, that was the the, the the whole. If you wanted to put Westeros in there, then that's one like it would be in a thousand worlds, and then maybe tough messed with it. Basically. Right. So seasons, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's uh, move on here. So, Dying in the Light, uh, Aziz, I think you read that uh, recently. Yeah, I, I read it back in 2006, and I've read it a second time uh, this week. So, I'm super fresh on it, and it's got a lot of great uh, bits of writing that remind me of A Song of Ice and Fire. You know, being when I read it the first time, I wasn't nearly as uh, keyed in on those things. And it's, it really shines in its world building. I think that's a huge thing that we all appreciate about George, so it's no surprise he does it really well here. Um, We've we've dis discussed this before the panel. We, we didn't want to put any spoilers out, and it's interesting because with this book, if I were to talk about the world building a bit, it is almost a spoiler because the mm. way the, the, this this book is really uh, ingenious in how he weaves the world building into the plot. It's like these revelations about certain characters in their past and the history of their people is it describes their behavior, and that is so. It's important for to to take it in the order that George presents it, but you have very familiar concepts like holdfasts in a sci-fi setting, right? Like because of, uh, <clears throat> you know, great, uh, the, the advancement of civilization um, into star, to, uh, star flight and then uh, a bit of a collapse where some of the planets were kind of cut off and then rediscovered it, you know, thousands of years later or 500 years later, whatever, depending on which planet. And you got a lot of like um, phrases that you would see um, from George, like in, in one, one character says, would that I were young. Mm. You know, and when he's like wants to fight somebody who's young and is is uppity, <laughs> he wants to teach him a lesson. <laughs> and this is a warrior culture that has all these really interesting evolved over literally over thousands of years, um, based on like living in really harsh circumstances. Uh, so you know, harsh circumstances breed these harsh men with these really strict codes that they live by, and it's just fascinating. Uh, one of the main characters has this great name that will really remind you of uh, Song of Ice and Fire. Okay, let's see if I can get this right. It's uh, Jantony Riv Wolf High Iron Jade Vickery. Yeah. <laughs> the Iron Jade Holdfast, which is, you know, you can, there's a bronze fist holdfast and a uh, brace holdfast. So, and, and each of these holdfasts has a, uh, has like a sigil animal, you know, like uh, that they, you know, the Iron Jades are uh, like the Banshee, you know, and there's all these different animals like that. And there's like, so, and uh, you even have, um, Bacalon, the pale child from uh, the god from Song of Western Fire that appears in uh, in this book. And it was written in 1977. He was trying to, apparently, uh, he says in a Rolling Stone interview that he was trying to um, catch a little of the Star Wars uh, wave because sci-fi was so big. And, and to touch on what you said earlier, um, one of the ways he... Uh, was able to do sci-fi and then move to horror, or like kind of mm -hmm. just transcend genre, is that he doesn't get too. He he knows he knows his own limits. He doesn't really get mm -hmm. too sciency with yeah. with this book. It's it's futuristic and it's amazing and there's all this great technology, but he doesn't try to explain it. Just like he doesn't try to explain the magic, because some people would love that. You know, if you want to read, you know, Brandon Sanderson's an author that really yes. like <laughs> describes the magic like oh. down to like <laughs> a high level of details. The opposite in a lot of ways. So George does that with the technology. That's why this book can, is still uh, works really well like 20, 30 years later because you know, like, well, these guys are 
what is he talking about with these things with cords that go to, you know, <laughs> people in the future have cords to yeah. attach to their devices? Yeah, I mean, it gets dated very easily if you go into detail. Yeah, yeah. so it was yeah. very smart of him to avoid that. Uh, the fantasy elements are, it's not really fantasy, it just kind of feels like fantasy in some ways because of the way it's written, but it's, it is sci-fi, but it, it comes off that way. So highly recommended. Uh, it's only about maybe 400 pages, and yeah, I think you guys really like it. it, it if, if the ones I've read, it's, it's to most feels like... Uh, the Song of Ice and Fire in a lot of ways, but I haven't read them all, so maybe these guys will have a different opinion. But do you have any comments on Dying the Light or just a Thousand Worlds in general? If you, if you don't, for... well, um, Dying the Light is one has characters. Uh, Brendan Brace is um, a progenitor, pretty much, of both uh, Sandor and Loris. In yes, the sense that he's so. got the half-burned face like Sandor Clegane, but he's uh, more of an arrogant knight type like Loris, and you know, certain expectations about Loris's fate at uh, mm. at uh, Dragonstone are correct, then he may end up half burned himself. Or yeah. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. good point. <laughs> and it, what's interesting about Dying the Light, I think it's one of his first novellas, but it, it, in any event, it's one of George's works. Like, George is very revealing and takes from his personal life and puts it into his work. And this work and a few others I'll identify, you can tell are from like recent experiences and like he was in his like youth, twenty or thirties, and like something had gone wrong with a relationship. Yeah. And there's a lot of bittersweet feelings about a relationship. Yeah, that's the here. centerpiece of this of the book is a a relationship. It's not it doesn't really it it kind of isn't a really a huge part of the story, but it well, it's a pretty big part of the story. But it drive it, it um yeah, it really drives a lot of the uh the, the, the characters their motivations in the first place. And I would say it has space to Dothraki. That's the way I... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Isn't the, and it's been a while since I've read it, but isn't the, the ending a little bit losty where it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of ambiguous? It's pretty big. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, that's right. But it's all, and George-style ending, too. So yeah. it's bittersweet. We, general, which but. is a, it's maybe a good template for very you know very roughly what we could expect from Song of Ice and Fire. Probably not like literally um, uh, quite as... Action based. It's like yeah. an action scene about to start when the book yeah. ends. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a good work, but there are some pro like, problems, and you can. Well, he's developed since then, right? Yeah, he's, right. he's increased. 1977. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone read Dying the Light? I'm just curious. So it, it's worth checking out, especially if you get in Thousand Worlds. You've, you've, you've read it, like because it not only it actually has like a bit of a guide too, like a, a glossary, a definition. Great, that's yeah. Really helpful. Like, <laughs> I, really it. I thought like, oh, yeah. the book's over. And they're like, ooh, the appendix. Yeah. Oh, okay, the book's not yeah. over. We're back in Ice and Fire mode where we like, dig yeah. into the appendix for detail. So they can pull a Tolkien and make three movies out of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll there's actually another work that we'll get to uh, that, that's ha that may be happening. Um, Fever Dream. Yeah, that one, I'm, guys think I'm reading that one right now. I actually. Would, when I started reading it, I was like, is this really Martin? But then I you know, looked back at some of it's really, really early. Mm. And when you look at some of the, you know, and as Aziz mentioned this with Dying of the Light, some of the world building, um, you know, he just does a really good job of putting you in the place of the antebellum south. You know, and also his level of his level of knowledge, and, and he does go into detail about yeah, there's steamboats. More, yeah, there is a lot more yeah. detail. Yeah, that's I was what like, he knows. Yeah, this guy <laughs> must have done a lot of research on steamboats. Yeah, <laughs> no, he loves he loves steamboats. That's one of his passions. Like he loves them, and so then he's like, yeah. right, let's write about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, and then you've got the subversion of stereotypes. It's sort of like you have the subversion of the knight stereotype in uh, Ice and Fire, sort of with vampires. That's kind of flipped uh, mm. in Fever Dream. Um, you know, and of course you can tie this into the you know crackpot Bruce Bam Bruce Bolton is a vampire theory. So <laughs> yeah. But but overall, um, you can see his improvement. You know, I think that that's one of the the stories since it's earlier. You can see how he's grown as a writer and advanced, and that to me was very interesting. <clears throat> Do you remember what you had? What year it was written down there? Uh, seventy. Uh, I don't have the exact, but I know it was seventies. Okay. 
late 70s it would late be or 70s. early 80s I think. 70s. Because it, it could, it's not as early as work. It, it could be in the 80s. Somebody said it was in the 80s. Thank you. Yeah, okay. early, yeah, yeah. That sounds, that sounds about right in, in when he was in his evolution too. Um, well, I have, I've read the graphic novel version of mm. And um, there's, I don't know if it's in the novel or not, um, because somebody who read the novel said it wasn't. Um, but at one point, the uh, captain is uh, re- is reading uh, Byron because it was referenced by his guest, mm. and he specifically references um, the poem "Darkness," mm. which um, is a poem Byron wrote about the year without a summer, um, uh. which. Have, but taking it to a like almost a science fiction version of a world where you know the weather the weather go, the sun goes away and the world freezes and everyone is stalked by like terrible things mm. yeah that, that and have to it's very much like old man's story so, <laughs> of the long night what people don't realize is at the time legitimately it was like 1816 that that right. happened yep. there wasn't satellite news like literally the sun. Like spring just didn't come and nobody knew why for almost a year. Mm, that's terrifying. Yeah. yeah. They can't put crops in and there's still in June and there's still snow in the uh. going on. And people were writing in scientific journals that said, like, well, we looked at the sun and there are more sunspots than usual, so maybe the sun is just going out. There was a lot mm. of things being written in popular culture about, well, this may be the end. Like legitimately all the priests said you need to get to church because you know this may be the last year. And so Jeez. The, 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 the poem Darkness was written about that time that people were completely mm. freaked out. So the characters in the book, the vampires, who obviously have a, an affinity for night and darkness and that kind of thing, are talking about the poem, and this is all just George mm. recycling these ideas, ah. and it will eventually become this idea of the long night. And they would have a different take on the yeah. darkness, you know. Yeah. Well, and, well, the way the way that they evolved is, is one. It could have been. I mean, it doesn't seem to be, but could have been a way. One of the ways the others came in, like because there was always a theory that where they evolved or were they like right. magically created or whatever. Oh, yeah. Like that was one route that could have been taken. When when we read it years ago, that was yeah. like, oh, this could be how they came. Yeah, it's obviously like yeah. the, the whole concept of hiding from the light. You yeah, know, can't be out in the light is obviously very germane to vampires. Yeah. Well, is there any other uh, comments of Fever Dream? Like anyone else? Who else has read Fever Dream? You all, you all recommend it. This is this is all support group. Recommend other people to read it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So wins a winter a support group. It's like what to read. It. <laughs> I forget because it's been a while for me. What um which of the vamp which which like vampire tropes does he without uh, so does he use and doesn't mirrors? Use? He subverts that one. Mm. Garlic. He subverts that one. Eating and drinking. They they do it normally. So that's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because this is such like that's such a. Able to turn, yeah. uh, uh, um, people into vampires. They can't do that. Okay. They can only be born of yes. Because oh, because. Yeah. Oh, they were yeah, evolved, right. basically, yeah. Which is the point yeah. of the discussion of yesterday. It's very Lovecraft. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm forgetting a lot of this. This should ring a bell, but it's... Well, it's still more believable than, like, falling in love with a high school girl or something. Right? <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> What it also shows of George, which is, I mean, disheartening in a way, is he's very good at, oh, like he makes something that's like really good, and he could have made like 10 more novels in that universe, but no, he just right. moves on. Right. He's yeah. not the type of guy to dwell on a universe too right. much and just moves on to the next thing. He could have just lived off that if he kept developing that universe, but no, I'll do really good vampires, move on. Yeah. 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 Do really good uh, werewolves, move on. Like, <laughs> he does love that universe, though. Yeah. There's a paint, he has a painting in mm. his uh, oh, yeah. office of uh, one of the characters. Nice. nice. Some That's people, cool. because he's standing on a dragon, some of them, and he's got long white blonde hair, and he's got 
Hmm. <laughs> Tricky mashups. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what else we got here? We have Windhaven. Do you have any comments on Windhaven? I've read it, but just curious. I read it a while ago, yeah. and it was seemed interesting. The cast system, you know, yeah. that sort of um, plays into Ice and Fire yeah. in terms of rankings and social status. So I thought that was very interesting. He worked with Lisa uh, Tuttle at, at that time, and they were dating a couple, and they worked together. And you can see, like, it was made from two different people, like George's influences and her influences. I, I, I'm thinking that it is probably in, in a thousand worlds. It doesn't really matter because it's all in one world, yeah. so it could be or could not be. But it basically focuses on what happened, like these people in this world, and they have lost some technology, but they're making use of the technology they have. And there is like a caste system, and then someone's challenging the caste system initially, and you're like, yeah, things are going good. And then it's like, well, what happens when you overthrow like or change a system that's been there for a thousand years? Sometimes the next person takes it too far. And maybe maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. Maybe you, then you become the conservative, and the next person is actually like, and that it deals with those kind of ideas, yep. and it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And and um and it and it's still half George, so it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we'll get to wild cards. I mean, the problem they have with wild cards is like one fifteenth of George, and it's like you can barely like get them there. Has anyone else read Winhaven or have any comments on Winhaven? It's worth reading. Again, it's worth reading. And um, when was that one written? Does anyone we have a date on that one? Uh, again, it was a bunch of short stories, but it was when he, when he was with Lisa Tuttle, so I think it's probably still in the 70s. That would be probably before Dying of the Light, if, if you're... If, yes, if I think so. Related, if if the theory were, is that Lisa yeah. Tuttle is the person, then... then that, that would make a lot of sense, then yeah. It was before. But they are, they're, like, they're best of friends now, which is good, but, but at that time in his life, the relationship failed, and he felt horrible. He and then sad, he, yeah. But then he produced such great works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know what they say about artists and suffering. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess we'll move on. Uh, second kind of loneliness, I think it's is pre uh, pre that relationship. And it, it's have you read have you read Second Kind of Loneliness? I can do very quick summary. First of all, that artwork is great, and he 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 wanted to buy that thing for like five hundred dollars back in the day, and then he's like, you can it was a lot back then, so he didn't. And then now it's worth like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, and it's dang. like, oh, I should have bought. It. Although in theory, you could buy it now. He has the money. Yeah, <laughs> it now comes up. Like, yeah. uh, that's it's it's just like a really. It talks about there's two kinds of loneliness basically. There's there's the one that's like the epic type that's in a romantic where you're like out in the wilderness and you've chosen to be alone and you're struggling but it's your choice and you're like finding the universe or whatever. And then there's a the second type of loneliness. It's the type where like you don't want to be alone but you're, it's without choice. You go to the bar and you can't you don't have the courage to talk to anybody. You don't know what to say. And if you did, you don't know what to say. And if you do, you that kind of loneliness is not your choice. You're just yeah. forced to be in it. And it's George in his like maybe early twenties kind of mentality, like before he got into major relationships, and he's like, "What's going wrong?" And he just shares it, and it's really good, really. And anyone read Second Kind of Loneliest? It's worth it's worth reading, and you can you can again you see like the evolution of George in it. Um, song for Laya. Any comments on Song for Laya? Um, song for Laya is interesting. It's got two characters named uh, Rob and Laya, no. who are uh, telepaths, uh, telepaths, and who have been sent to investigate. <coughs> A planet where people are basically—they aren't really killing themselves, but they're leaving their lives behind to join this um, culture, this mass mind, in which they literally give up their bodies to kind of like join this collective. Werewood, basically. Werewood. <laughs> they, get, they get absorbed by this, by this plant system, and they give wow. up everything. And uh, Laya is, uh, because she's a very strong telepath, is the most um, tempted by this because it allows her to escape 
the pain of, of reading people's minds, which she can't help but doing. And doing this, she finds like this, she, it's like pure love is how she describes it. It's a love that her, you know, her lover Rob can't give her. It's, oh, wow. It's, uh, <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so Rob discovers one day that Laya has disappeared and joined this collective. And uh, he has to, like, you know, go on with his life without her. Oh, no. And it, it's, it, it's, it has a bit of a mystery th- thing where they're trying, like, why are people going to this right. thing? Are they being lured? Is this is happening? And philosophy. And, and... I like what George just gets at the end. Like, I think he has a really good take on philosophy. Like, he's like, well, this is one answer, but there's got to be another. And like, right. it, it's it's not only is it interesting in, for its own philosophical background, but then you, then you then it confirms the theory. It's like, yes, George is dealing with philosophy in Ice and Fire as yeah. well. He does that. He's that type. He's not just like doing something exciting. He's yeah. he wants to talk about philosophical he ideas. He was talking about right and wrong. Yeah. Now there's not a lot. A lot of there's no answers, and you know, gray hair, gray people. Yeah. And, yeah, there's so many ways he does yeah. that, and that's that's cool to see these earlier versions of that. And then there's like and this one and the other ones talk uh, talk about like the darkling plane because I think there's a poem about <laughs> yeah. that and he refers it to a lot. We by the way we refer to that whenever we lose a podcast we call it it's on the darkling plane. Like if you lose the record it's on the darkling. There's plane. darklings <laughs> in, the, in the light too. Yes yes right yes right and they're, they're like gothic like the they're very gothic. <laughs> they built they built this city that has like they engineered the mountains to have certain. Uh, the wind to be come through it a certain way, and then the, there's like bells and chimes all throughout these buildings. So the mm. whole city is singing this song over and over, and and you live in the city, you can't not hear it. You can't even if you close your door and you're inside, you still hear it, and it's like really sad. And the whole the song is like supposed to teach you how everything is meaningless. Mm. <laughs> it's like yeah, people want to live yeah. in this city. What the hell? <laughs> well, but it, it, you can see why they're like that because they're on, their planet is like on the very edge, right? Yes, they're, they're it's really dark dawn. That's yes. right, and and, and they're just, that, that's like influence. And then it's like they're always that like the sourpuss in the room. Yeah, around. Like every different, all the different races built a. Uh, these are all human races. Yes. They all built. They all had a, their flag in there, and some of the races didn't even they like flags. We don't do flags, but okay, right. fine, <laughs> do a flag, all black. Yeah, so the darkling one. Yeah. Just a bit black. Yeah. Like, so it, it, that, in that way, that book is really good about showing the different worlds again from Thousand Worlds. Well, yeah. the interesting about Thousand Worlds, yeah, it's mostly human focus, but there were like aliens before. Yes. I mean, they still are aliens, but the bit, yes. the big bad aliens are gone for them. Oh, you think they're gone? Like for the most part. I mean, like yeah. Maybe he, it, it seemed like there were maybe some around, but then he never got around to. There's three. Them. There's three mentioned yeah. in Dying of the Light. I don't yes. Know and there's well. in um uh, in Seven Times Never Kill Man. There are aliens. Yeah, oh, cool. but, it, uh, but but yeah, the aliens are not yeah. gone. There definitely are aliens, but like the harangans are the ones I'm thinking about. Are yeah. the ones that we yes. don't know for sure if they're around or not. No, they're still around. Yeah. They're, they're definitely but, still around. They're minimal. Uh, like they're they only have their home planet. Yeah, the only yeah. they. Like, well, why do they even the old room? Because they had like it was like a two front war, right? Yeah. They were fighting the harangans and like the Findy on the other side. Yeah. And just like they won, but it's like it broke apart basically. And, and there was yeah. the the yeah. third race was introduced when because the, the third race intervened to to yes. broker peace between the Findy and the humans. That's right. But when um is when morning comes Miss Falls Island in the thousand um, uh, it, I think it could be in theory okay. I mean it doesn't matter if it is or not because it's again it's more philosophical work yeah. right morning yeah. come Miss Fall but it's like talking about the whole science versus like you know like mystery how right. much how much of the do we want to know about the world do we want to learn everything exactly. and then there's no mystery anymore no romance so that's that's the, that's the theme of that I, I mean I think it can be fit in there yeah, yeah I think it can be fit in there yeah, yeah. There's a couple where it's really unknown, like Second Kind of Loneliness, you just don't know. It's so narrow and focused, but you, you could always just fit it in there if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, another thing about that, the um, as far as the uh, the Thousand Worlds, George has explicitly said that the Song of Ice and Fire is not part of it, even, yeah. though, even though they're 
things like Bacalon being in Dying of the Light doesn't help with that. <laughs> this is kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be a mistake. I mean, a lot of authors do do that in the end. They end up trying to, like, Isaac Asimov, they, they link everything together in the end, and maybe you shouldn't do that until yeah. he's not going there. said that... Yeah. Uh, uh, the world of a thug by fire is where Earth is. Mm, yes. But in a different universe. Mm. Oh, okay. And then he, uh, but he has an homage to it. There's a region nor a northern Essos called the Thousand Islands, which is mm. apparently a homage to Thousand Well, Islands. you gotta. So yeah, it's not the same universe, but if you're still loving Ice and Fire, and that's what you're focused on, still read it for the because for the themes and the motives and the characters right. that yeah. that developed and led to this. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like, oh, it's in there. No, it's it's still like, I mean, yeah. it's in there because he created them all, right? So it's worth yes. reading, and we're all on the same page there. It's okay. all George. <laughs> um, Pear-shaped man. Has anyone read this? Yeah, worth reading, right? Oh, read it. Nighttime lights off. <laughs> have, a, have a bag of cheesies and cheese doodles. <laughs> okay, yeah. And then about the cheese doodles. This yeah. Is really... Well, okay. This is, I won't. Yeah, we won't go into the ending part, obviously. Okay. But, the, but the start is basically this. This. Uh, it's like a young like woman in her twenties who's like living her life, like gone downtown, or basically like from like some small town to big town. She's like enjoying her life. Okay. And awesome. and. Um, and and she's and she has like a roommate <laughs> yes, or two. Yes. And she, exactly. And then and, good. <laughs> and then there's just this guy who lives like down the street or nearby, and he's just this creepy guy. And like he doesn't actually ever like physically do anything. Or, like, he, but he's there. He's creepy in the sense that he's just always around, and he's always just eating cheese doodles. And, and his hands are like really greasy with a cheese, uh, like a cheesy actually. And then he's always like, "You should that come." That's creepy. And and, and 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 he always says, "You should come to my place. I'll show you my things." That, that's, 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 that's all. And he always offers her the cheese doodle, and he's got coke as well, right? But he that I mean, like he's he's not like he like corners in like a dark place and stuff. Like he's he's in a store and he just he's, my thing. She's like, "No," he's like, "Okay," and he just keeps eating his cheese doodle. But there's just something creepy about this guy, and you, you'll get into like what. But one of the things of it is interesting is people say that it, beyond just the horror element to it, it's like. Maybe George is touching upon the thing of like you could become like this thing or like you what if, what if you get Alzheimer's or something you're not yourself anymore. Oh. He deals with that fear because that's a great fear. Imagine you're not you, you just you're not yourself anymore like something or you you have an accident and you just like lose yourself. That's a fear and he touches upon that fear I think in that huh. story. If you want to look for a deeper philosophical thing or if you just want to be like oh this is an enjoyable horror story it's worth. <clears throat> who who's um that's that seems like there's a song of ice and character advice and fire character that has that struggle and I'm blanking out on that. Hmm. Losing their faculties. Oh, there's a couple there minor characters the. Uh, that's probably yeah. that's probably. The like I mean, Tully for example the, one, yeah. the, the old Tully. The knight who uh, who. Won something by a bridge, and that's all he can talk about. And uh, uh, Arya passes by him with, mm. with the Brotherhood at one point. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to look up. You know, I'll have to dig deeper yeah. that. That's you know, yeah, also say like with like you know some of the characters like Master Aemon, like Master yes, it's right at, at the very end. Oh, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Like, yes. Oh, you gave us the good stuff at the end. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, it would be awesome if we saw a cosplay for them from Tearship Man next year. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or any of these. That, that would be great. Don't if you if you do read it, like you know, because we do reviews of this on, on one of my bastards, bastards of Kingsgrave. We like reviewed this one. We talked about it for like two hours, and we talked about like all the flavors of cheese doodles. Like we looked it up online. <laughs> <laughs> if, so if you if you get in most of these works and you're interested, like we've talked about it like since 2012, I think. Okay. Uh, Portraits of, of His Children is, um, I think it has several stories. Has anyone read Portraits of His Children? I'll just summarize. It basically, it, it deals with um, 
this this uh this author who like has portraits of like no he starts receiving portraits of like characters that he's created and then every time he gets one they appear at nighttime and they like talk to him and gets to know them and it's so it, it really reveals George's um um like uh, life as a writer basically and what it means like those are your children basically and uh, it get it's also a bit of horror because like initially it's good like if it is, like and, and you can trace how his like his life like it, he wrote about like some beautiful girl like and then she shows up and they have like all night together and then it, it keeps going and then and then and then one day he gets like a portrait of like a serial killer guy he created and he's like oh shit what's gonna happen <laughs> and, and, and it's really interesting <laughs> and yes there's lots of horror in it but relationships and his relationship with his daughter like he. Um, and this is early on, so like basically something horrible happened to his daughter, and then he just uses it in his works. Oh. Not his own his own life, but his daughter. And he makes lots of money, oh. and his daughter's like, you're, you're taking advantage of me. And all this, and it's just like really worth reading. Portraits of his children. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and this one is how old again? Do you, do you, this is again from like the 80s or 90s, probably late 80s. Oh, wait, I, think. I think it says 91 right Yeah, here. yeah, because it was, it was near the, he's done, he'd done most of his works by the time he did this. Yeah. Yeah, well, we're going to get to what destroyed his career for a while, so we're moving okay, on. Yeah, we're going to, uh, oh, we have that on here? Yeah. Cool, excellent. Armageddon Rag. Armageddon Rag. Have you yeah. read Armageddon Rag? Yes, that yes. was really trippy. Yes, <laughs> because it's, I mean, George is a product of the 60s, yes, right? He's growing in the 60s, so. and he's just thinking back to his life and, like, drawing about what happened there and also what happened at the 60s end. And right. right? Some people stuck in the 60s, and some people then moved on or maybe sold out or whatever. Right, right. And it's, it's really deep. Like it's a, a reflection on the counterculture. Yes. Mm -hmm. Is anyone else read Armageddon Rag? But what's what's really interesting about it though? I think it was it was it was like the mid '80s, and he got, he got a really big Ford check for it, and that was he built like he bought his house for that. Maybe the one in Santa Fe. Yeah. But then it like didn't sell well at all. Yeah. Well, because right? it did the whole limited edition thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was also like it was very like if you were from the '60s and it was targeted to you, it would be good. But for a lot of people that in the '80s, are like, what is this? Like it just was like, and 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 it the just writing did, style too. Yeah, the writing style was weird, but it's worth reading. It's good. I think, and yeah, but but yeah, you can I see, it, but he killed his career for a long time, and then he had to switch over to Hollywood, and then yeah. and came back to writing eventually. Yeah. That's right, but it's almost like, well, what if he hadn't done that? And he could have, if he'd done well, and he'd written, he'd hit another ten years, so we'd have one more book, maybe. But. <laughs> or, 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 or the other way, if it completely crushed him, and he just went out of writing completely. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, he didn't. I don't think he. I didn't think he was coming back to normal writing. Like I think he was crushed, but then he needed to pay the bills, and then he needed being right, a beast. Right. And what happened there is, I mean, he made lots of money. He made pilots that failed because they said it would cost too much. And he's like, well, this is going to happen. I'm just going to come back to books and do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a thing that could never be adapted. That's, 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 that's what he said. I'm going to make it so extravagant it could never be adapted. And then, <laughs> yeah. But it's a decade lost there because even only a part of that decade, like he was writing Game of Thrones part time. Like he was, he was working on stuff and he was like writing chat. It's like it's just lost. So you're me. trying to say we could have wins winner right now? We could. Yeah. Or, or even if we didn't. I mean, let's, let's talk about this. At, at, well, we can talk about this now. Is I'm having read all his works, I really like them. If George came out and he's like, you know, I'm, this is my view. My, you guys have made this speech. And I'm done with this. I don't want to write any more Ice and Fire. I want to go back to like Thousand World. I'd be like, okay, like uh, I'd rather you do, and I, he probably produce a lot of material quickly rather than just <laughs> grind over and over again yes. on the same thing because he's a it genius, be right? So he's yeah. a human. He's allowed yeah. to like live his life in a way that like fulfills yes. him. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Even if he didn't want to write at all, I mean, like one time when I, this is years ago, I met him at Comic Con and we were talking, and he said he he's never been to China, for example. He wants to go to China, never been there, and he was going to go there one time for like. A book show, but then it turned out if he went there, he had to go to Japan, had to go elsewhere, he can't go to one place, and then just he couldn't go. <laughs> so it's like he, he, you say, it's like millions of dollars. He's a millionaire, but he can't he can't even just go to Asia and see Asia once right. in his life because he's stuck to these books. Like that's 
Yeah, pretty That's depressing. Not, he can't even pick yeah. a post on Twitter without people getting yes, just being really rude. <laughs> it's um, so bad. So I, I think that if, if he just said, hey, I'm done with this thing, I'm going to go write Thousand Worlds, it can't be any worse than it is now. It might actually help you. Like if you're a writer's block and do something else, it could help you, and then you come back. Yeah. So I mean, that is kind of what he does. He did works on other projects to kind of refresh yes. himself and. Whenever he talks yeah. about that, people get yeah. on his case. Well, if he wasn't doing Fire, fire and Blood, he'd be playing online poker. I'd rather, I'd rather he'd be doing Fire and Blood. Like, or you see that Jimmy Fallon thing, he'd be like bouncing a ball up in the air or something. Like <laughs> but the fact that he's able to write so much when he does that, he means he's yes. bypassed the writer's block and boom, he can do this. Yeah. Well, he was writing Avalon. He was writing a, another big book in, in the Thousand Worlds, and then he went on the Game of Thrones. And then people were like, "A Thousand Worlds, like, where's Avalon? We've been waiting thirty years for it." <laughs> They're okay. Still waiting. Okay, so th- those are those are the Nazgul at, at the bottom. It's, or it's it, what I, in Armageddon Rad. It's the Nazgul, right? Like, there's like this yes, like yes. heavy metal like band, and they're like the Nazgul, and they have like this symbolism, and there's like magic stuff going. Yeah. Maybe not. We don't know. There's just so a much going. Background. It's yeah. crazy. There's so much going on. Um, it actually, kind of like Ice and Fire, because I mean, it'll go, it's not really huge, but it's like you think magic is impossible, and then yes. wait, there might actually be some magic. Right, here. it gives you that yeah. plausible. Yeah, but initially, everyone thinks it's impossible. Right, right. It's just some crazy guy, but it's like, oh, it could be. <laughs> okay, and then I, I actually haven't read a Hunter's Run, but I put it on I in case either. someone. You have? I have not. Has anyone read Hunter's Run? Because I mean, it's recent. But it's, isn't that a yeah. joint work too? Yeah, it's a joint yeah. work. Is he just editing that, or is he is he writing it too? I, I, I think it, no. I think all three of them wrote it. Yeah, I just don't know what the universe it is in, so I was just curious. I put hmm. it up because we could at least mention these other authors. Gardner does why George yes. has worked with him a lot. He's yes. done. Um, he was a big part of the um, a lot of the compilations that George has worked on. I think he was uh, maybe not not all of the. Uh, Legends anthologies, mm. but I think at least one of them. I think the first one yes. was Robert Silverberg. Yes, that, that's right. I think. And then, but so George has worked with Gardner as well a lot, and yes. Daniel Abraham is uh, gotten very famous these days. He, although not under his own name, he is uh, half of the writing duo known as James S. A. Corey, who are responsible for The Expanse. Mm. And of course, The Expanse is awesome. I love The Expanse. Yes. The books and the show are both great. There's seven books and two more. Sci-fi starting season three just started uh, like a couple weeks back, and he's all Daniel Abrams also written um, the uh, um, Long Price Quartet and a lot of other good fantasy novels in his own right. But he's and not the subject. No, but uh, <laughs> that he got for wild cards. And he was actually a George R. R. Martin tech uh, guru and assistant. Yeah. He's the one who set up his current computer system. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> we have wild cards coming up, I think soon, but. Um, just a final comment, and it was touched upon in the Lovecraft panel as well. George was known to all the writers. He's working with all the writers. He's friends. He went to yes. he helped create the Hugo, Hugo Losers Party, I think, or yes. something. So he didn't come out of nowhere. That that's the, I think that's the, one of the main theses of this this panel is like he's working for decades. This is his magnum opus now. He was known yeah. well, yeah. Yes, even if he had never made Ice and Fire, he was he was known well in in a certain circle. Like he wouldn't have yeah. been famous like this. But uh, okay, let's move on. Uh, Night Flyers. Yes. Any of you? Well, what's the status of the current iteration of Night? Flyers? Well, there, there's been an old, there's been movies in the past. Yes, seeing. there's there this movie that was in the 80s yeah. was really bad. <laughs> it's just now, has anyone watched this movie? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but 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 doesn't it have like uh, Uncle Phil from like uh, B- Bel Air or something? Is yeah. it in? Really? <laughs> <laughs> so it might be worth it just for that. <laughs> yes. But there's a new adaptation of Night Flyers coming out. Yeah. Um, yes. 
series. Yeah, a mini series, I think. Yeah, this this could be really good because if that is good and it succeeds, and then taps into Thousand Worlds, you can have more Thousand Worlds stuff. So I'm definitely promoting it when it comes if it's good. I'm fairly sure. Yeah, it is. It's in Thousand Worlds because it has like telepaths and has like the whole thing. I like the way they even did telepaths. Like it's an interesting way of doing it. It's just like. Weightlessness as a way to activate telepathy. Like it's a transition that when a character becomes weightless. Oh, that's right. It, it, it's stronger. Like your telepathy is stronger in weightlessness. So when Brain oh. falls out of the tower, that's when he becomes a ring mm. because he becomes oh. weightless. Oh. Yes. So my bet is that at some point, your my tinfoil is that. Euron is an unactivated green seer, so he has psychic ability, but he's never. He said he was tempted to jump. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Euron is jumping off the tower at Old Town, and then there's I've a seen some Oh wow. Yeah. That happens. Be, Euron is either thrown or jumps off the tower. Yes. And then we're going to jump to a brand chapter, and it's yeah. on. Like yes. Well, I, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I 100% Euron is a failed disciple and he's going to be opposing Bran, but I didn't think that maybe he's going to be activating his power in that way. So that'd be really cool. Yeah. I definitely I definitely see the end point that he's a... And that's how we tie into yeah. the TV show there with Bran is because of the show. Bran's going to be doing those things kind of things against the Night King and in the book it would probably be Euron. Well, you almost have to take a leap of faith almost to trust this thing. And, and, <laughs> yes. then, and, and then Literal leap of faith. You have to take it. Cause, and, but then if you do, then you have great power. Like, yeah. Great ability. Euron's the, yeah. the kind of madness that, that would believe in it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, I always just use the analogy. He's just like a Sith, basically. He was trained by this Jedi, and then he's gone bad. And that's what we're doing. Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> So Night Flyers, uh, again, horror type thing, yes. really a mystery kind of thing. Sci-fi. Um, sci-fi. Yeah. Um, that's a good example of the yeah, sci-fi panels. horror. Like, he just yeah. slides them that's in together. Right. That's like, exactly right. Like, yeah, why can't you do sci-fi and horror? Like... Boom. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great sci-fi horror out there, really. Well, maybe not a lot, but there's notable. Mo- you know, there's certainly other mm. examples. Yeah. <laughs> well, both of these, both of these, in a sense, are, are sci-fi horror. The ones, uh, but also Sand Kings. You know, yes, that's exactly right. Sci-fi horror. horror. Sci-fi horror. Yeah, that, they're in the same. Yeah. They're in the same. You know, because yes. they're different planets. So. Yes, that's right. Same universe. So that's same also thousand worlds. Yeah. Uh, Sa- yeah. 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 Like it, it, things like Sand Kings, because it's on one planet, you can easily slot into Thousand World. Like it's consistent. Even if it's I, I, like, even if it's not, it could vary without minimum with minimal tweaking. It could be like I think I, I don't and think George is thinking. It, and they tweaked it for the um, what is it, the Outer uh, Limits yeah, episode? Yeah, they yeah. tweaked it a little bit for that. Yeah, that that was wasted. The Outer Limits episode. It could have like it's been much it, better. It could have been much yeah. better. And then they just like well, we're gonna do an. I, I, I think the problem was with Outer Limits. It was early on, wasn't it? Like in the yes. outer, it was one maybe the first one. Did anybody one. else see the Outer Limits? Okay. Yeah, and they were scared maybe to. I remember about the Outer Limits yeah. Oh man, that Sand Kings. That was a fantastic episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, you, so you like the sound case, like the outer limits? You definitely should read this. I mean, because because they were scared to go where they could have gone with the, the outer much, limits. Yeah, that's yeah. Much I think if they did it later in the later season of the outer limits, they would have done better. And, but and early on, they were scared. Did you guys see this? And, and anybody who's kind of seen it, like the the owner, and I forget his name right now, but I saw a little Joffrey in him there. You know, yes. With the, Pitting them against each other and kind of taking yeah. relishing in that. Yeah. Well, I, I I think my theory is that because they go to at the start of Sand Kings they go to the shop. Yes. And I think the shop is actually a Sand King, like it's the mall, like it becomes one the shop. Them, one of them yeah. is a, the Sand King. There is it, one of the owners is a Sand King, yeah. but the question is because the thing like disappears or it's not there later and it's, oh, it's creepy. Yeah. My theory, and I never got to ask this George this. Next time I see him, I'm gonna ask him is 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 the shop like a Sand King? Is that yeah. is that like what it becomes <laughs> later on? <laughs> if I will see George again, so if you see George, ask him. Uh, Sand King. Yeah, yeah. And that's, and that's, that's a means question. <laughs> I'm gonna go. We're going. To, I'm going to Worldcon and yeah, uh, ask him that. <laughs> okay, cool. Let's move on here. It's worth reading. Sand King is freaky. 
Uh, yeah, I was yeah. intimidated by that. Yeah. The by faces, the, you know. Yeah. You know. Oh, my God. By the way, this is, you touched on something yeah. kind of important here as a side topic. If you ever get a chance to talk to George, he is a lot more approachable about his other works. Like, mm. he's very approachable That's in general, right. and he's, he'll talk about his song, Mice and Fire. But if you talk about his old works, he, like, he'll light up a little bit because he just, people, it's just, it, you know, Song of Ice and Fire kind of blocked out the sun, so to speak. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I, 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 whenever I got the stuff signed, I would always get, like, Song for Liar, some earlier work signed, and he loves yeah. singing it. Like, he just takes out his, like, fancy pen. He's like, yeah, I'm going to use a gold yeah. pen. Yeah. 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 It shows that he's, like, yeah. it shows kind of where his attitude comes from, too, because he's not, like, he doesn't care that much about being famous and, or the mm. money. He, doesn't, he hasn't spent a lot of his money, but he yeah. appreciates, he's an author, like, at his core. He likes being, yeah. you know. Well, I think I think he said about the time when Storms came out was the ideal balance of being famous and and and, mm. and not. And then he said after that it's a bit too much now. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just have beer with people when they show up at your house. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I think he goes to some of the small conventions yeah. still, right? He still has some. He does. No, he still he still will do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's the first time I met him. He was at a convention. It was um, Con Carolinas, and uh, you know, just a hotel, the hotel party to go at cons afterwards. Um, and uh, there were like probably 20 people in this room. It was a 500, 600 person con and George just walks in with his assistant, sits in the corner, grabs a beer. Everybody's kind of like, a <laughs> <laughs> little circle forms around him yeah. and he starts talking, telling stories. And mm. we're all like, and everyone was pretty cool to him and he was just real unassuming and happy to, you know, be sitting there talking, hanging out at a con. So. That uh, he's, he's made a, me like him a lot more, and I already liked him quite a lot. <laughs> he's such a well-read person, to think. Yeah. Because, I mean, not just Western traditions. Like he's like he was reading like the Chinese Three Kingdoms thing. Like he was yeah. he, he likes to read, and he's, yeah. he's right around and draws upon it. And you see that in all of his works. Not yes, yeah. that's right. Um, okay. Wild cards. Okay, so you you. Uh, right. I actually read Wild Cards before I read a song of Ice and Fire. Oh, cool. Um, mm. So one of the books in the library, the cover looked. Strange but interesting, and picked it up. Found it was a mosaic novel, uh, which is uh, one of the ones where they aren't written as short stories, but as like a composite um, of all the authors working together. Um, fascinating story, and then I started from the beginning. Uh, the conceit is that in 1946, um, an alien virus bomb exploded over New York City, oh. and giving people superpowers. Um, but only like 1% of the people who get infected get superpowers. 90% die, 9% uh, uh, become transformed into, and the 1% uh, get superpowers. And they're called the aces are the ones with powers, jokers are the ones who get transformed, and if you die, you draw the black queen. Oh. So it's a wild card virus. Um, and it's a group project that was created by um, an RPG that George was playing mm. in uh, New Mexico with his friends. <laughs> yeah. They had developed characters and they were like, you know, we could turn this into a book. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's apparently where the expanse came yeah. from, too. Yep. Well, it's a, a, a dragon lance. So basically, people are RPG, let's make money off what we're doing for fun anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Anyway, one of George's major characters is the, the great and powerful turtle, mm. um, who is a uh, shy, bookish nerd from New Jersey, who, uh, who developed a tele uh, telekinesis. Uh, but he's uh, so nervous he can only do it when he's in a shell, so to speak. Um, mm. Originally, wow. a, a Volkswagen Beetle with armor plating bolted on top of it. Um, <laughs> With a microphone announces, I am the great and powerful turtle. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's and awesome. uses telekinesis to you know uh, do things. And he's possibly the most powerful telekinetic in the world, possibly in the the galaxy. Hmm. They had to fight aliens at one point. <laughs> wow. Um, and uh, there, he's got quite a few characters. Um, if you pick up his, the anthology, uh, the Dream Songs anthology, mm. there's a collection of uh, some of his character, uh, some of his short stories from the books. Um, one of which is the uh, Mayor of Jokertown, mm. <laughs> um, which is a, a neighborhood in New York, um, who is a very deeply philosophical man. Uh, even though he's got, uh, I believe, a, like a death's head face or something like that. Um, <laughs> Scary. And this is uh, something interesting about Wild Cards is that it's a lot of other authors involved, Oh, right? so yeah. many authors. Uh, Roger Velazny was in the first book. Um, uh, quite a few authors who Power are... Hmm? Howard Waldrop was in it. Mm -hmm. And they rejected Neil Gaiman. San, San <laughs> <laughs> George loves to tell that story like, you can't win them all. Neil Gaiman. He applied to, he yes. wanted to be in and then he, he wanted to be in Wild Cards and they're like, nah. And George is like, You're too young. it worked out better for him in the long run. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, if you develop a character that fits in the universe and you know you can write a story that works well in the universe, if you contact the editors, it's possible they may include you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Neil Gaiman is included in the, the new British book. That's oh, okay. Mm. They're okay. trying to erase like, him back there. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. That's based on the British. Uh, Aces and Jokers. Okay, that's um, cool. The uh, there was a period uh, in the mid 90s in the excuse me the late nineties where they basically ended the series for about ten years or something oh, like wow. that, yeah. and then they recently came back with a, a whole bunch of them, including uh, Inside Straight uh, was one of them. That's uh, George's character on the cover, who is um, a bookish nerd from Germany. Who can transform into an Jamie actor. Lannister, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Look at that golden hair. A golden knight armored in light. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I mean, some, people, some people are like, oh, the next Ice and Fire book, I'm going to order this. And then you get like the one stars on Amazon. This is not the. <laughs> and they, they have had a variety of terrible covers in the past, mm. some of which mm. are really got awful, but the new, new covers are. Um, I believe uh, Michael Cormack is the one doing the art, and they are much more attractive, and you can actually, you know, hold them on the subway and not people have people think you're a creep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never thought about that problem. No, no. The, the authors love this one character who is kind of like um, uh, Kitty Pride, Shadow Cat. Uh, she phases through things, uh, except that she. Uh, has a tendency to lose her clothes when she does that. Oh. So, she had, so there's a the cover of her with just wearing the mask and the bikini. So oh, very, uh, <laughs> and they love drawing her on the cover. <laughs> well, that's actually uh, two things like in terms of these. Yeah, go to George's site and look up his works. Not only is the list useful, but if you go to the, the art pages, like the cover art, it's amazing. Especially mm -hmm. the foreign stuff, even for Game of Thrones, Ice and Fire. Like, this is like hilarious. This is like Conan the Barbarian in like Game of Thrones, like yep. fighting yes. wolves. Yep. It's like, it's, what yeah. is this? <laughs> it's so hilarious. I posted yeah. that on Twitter a couple yeah. weeks ago yeah. as a reminder. Like, don't forget that this exists. Yeah, it's, yeah it literally yeah. is a guy with no shirt with a huge axe on a horse, and there's yeah. snow everywhere, and there's wolves attacking yeah. him. And it's like, it's <laughs> that's Game of Thrones. Yeah. Like, it's like, they're thrones. Like, Who is that thrones. guy? And why are there... <laughs> and the horse is like insanely muscular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
horse. Yeah, yeah, it's a dire horse. I, I would say, like, if, in general, though, I, I mean, even, like, the normal Ice and Fire, has ever been in covers that have been really good? There was the ones maybe when Storm of Swords first came out, that first, remember, like, the blue one and stuff? Yes. That was yeah, with, with the good. funeral scene, yeah. the total yeah. funeral scene. Yeah, it's really good, yeah. Um, but there's not that many, I think. And then now it's just so simple, right? Except, Some like, of simple is better than just, like, yeah. the barbarian yes. fighting wolves. Yeah, that's like, true. You, you yeah, just yeah, <laughs> Hand, like, just a dragon you head. Can imagine being on the subway that thing. Like, what the hell is that guy reading? Yes. Yeah. Check out the covers. They're worth, they're worth, I mean, we could just do a thing on like, just covers. We could, we could have filled it in here. Okay, next slide, I guess. Oh, did anyone any comments on wild cards or anything to add? Like, you've, you've read it. I loved it, I, I, especially the original series. Yeah. The first six volumes. Cool. Perfect. Exception of Aces of Broad is definitely worth reading. It's a one player instrument. The new cycle is very good. So, I've only read like the first yeah. four, but they're. If you like superheroes, it's yeah. So, the, for the regular people, are they still around or are they all dead? Or there's still some regular people, right? Oh, well, yeah, plenty. There are, yeah. So it, it's very much yeah. like, you know, um, is it superheroes in the real world, and you get like the kind of thing like in X Men with like. People yes. hate and fear the Jokers and put them right. down mm. and put them in like ghettos and whatnot. Interesting. Yeah. One thing they really know is the, it really is alternative history of what would have happened in the world if, if this happened. 46 and the oh. sixth volume, mm. which is my favorite volume, ends at the 1984 Democratic Convention. Oh my God. That was mm. the one I picked up in the library, actually. And oh. it's just. Right. There's a, a, the, a presidential candidate of the Secret Ace with the ability the to control people's yeah. minds. Oh wow! Oh. Yikes! <laughs> There's a side note here. This uh, the illustrator there, Raya Golden. Raya yes. is one of his another one of his assistants, and she is in the Stark family tree, which works nicely because Raya is an anagram for Arya. But there's a Raya Stark mm. like way back in the, in the Stark family tree in the World of Ice wow. Fire, cool. almost certainly named after her. This is again George is at some of his darkest and drawing again from his like. Worst places that he ever. And he, he, he won't read this again, I think, because he doesn't want to go back to like it. It's oh, uh, what it is. Wow. Like he won't look at it again. But but Rhea did some really good artwork in this one. It's been released as a graphic novel, and is worth reading in, in the, as as a completionist. It's good. It's a good work. But it's a dark sure. one. I mean, if you read it, and you can't read it. You can't read it. It's a dark book. But if you can, it's worth reading. Okay, that might be it. So I just wanted to wrap up with with another quote of George I found online where he's just talking about fantasy. Science fiction and R, and just saying it's just there's different furniture involved, but it's it's like the same thing. Like it's either you, you, the the core is there. It's again going down to human heart and conflict with itself is what he's working on, no matter what. And uh, he's drawing upon it in these works, and um, they're worth reading. Is, is, is what I would say. Any, Completely concur yeah. with that. That's great. I haven't mm. seen this before. Mm. That's really good. You see, and like literally all those things are in Dying of the Light. Uh, mm. You have starships and air cars, nukes and facilitated germs, or tailored bars germs. You have ansibles, lasers, and certainly protein bars. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then the last slide is uh, just we put up our various things, like our websites and stuff. Um, but yeah, in particular, if George's works, you're, the other works you're interested in, we've been doing it for the last five years, Ambassadors of King's Wave and Vassals, like going through it. So Yeah, no, it really helped for me to just listen yeah. to some of your episodes. Mm. Also, got a good laugh out of a couple of them yeah. just preparing for this panel. Well, we always give it, we always view it from Ice and Fire angle, too. Yeah. We analyze it. So yeah. yeah, that's very helpful, especially for this con and everyone. Yeah, else. especially Parashape Man. Check out Parashape Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, any final questions or comments before we wrap up? Thank nope. you, everybody. Okay, and grab a uh, power rate if you want on your way out. There's two left. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, yeah. everybody. Thanks.
Cheers. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks for coming, everyone. My name is Amin. Uh, we'll be joined by Aziz and a, a butterfly in a few minutes. I just thought I'd introduce myself and get to know the audience a little bit. Um, who here has read anything um, outside of this book series from George R. R. Martin? Just to get a little bit of a yeah. And what what kind of works have you read from George? Like sci-fi or horror? Or? I've gone through all of um, Preston Jacobs' thousand books book club. Then mm -hmm. I've read actually *Speed of Rain* by several. Same thing here. here. You have a dream? Is your to read or you're reading it or? I'm half, like halfway through. Okay, cool. What about you in the back? I went, went through all of Preston's things, but I also read um, *Soft Polaria*, *Big House Man*, and hmm. *House of Wow. Uh, anyone else, or just curious? Okay. The uh, Fever Dream audiobook was released in 2012, and it was read by um, uh, Irish. Do you know? Frederick and Lori. I don't know how the date is actually. I found it. Do you have a comment? It's excellent. Uh, other than the main series, it was like all the telekinetic stuff, and uh, basically everything connected to Assault on Bison Five. Okay, cool. Yeah, because even in Ice and Fire, he's got all the... Well, I mean, there's another one coming out, Fire and Blood, right? <laughs> what I have here, and I'll need somebody once we get started to, if you can volunteer, Anthony, to be the slide person. George didn't come out of nowhere, is, is going to be the point of this panel. It's like he was writing for decades, and this is his magnum opus that he is here at now, but he didn't just show up and start doing this. He's been writing for decades, and he has really good work, and if we're stuck here waiting for the next book, then... Why not read other George materials is what you can do. <laughs> yeah, so he worked on uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Nice, perfect. Yeah, I have the cover on there. Super so fresh. Like, like every page that has cover, we'll just talk. Cool. And I mean, um, I really enjoyed your reading. <laughs> it is really good work, isn't it? Yeah, because I read it in like 2006. Yeah. And I just, I just had this impression of it being good. Yes. You know, it was like, it's so long. Like now I'm like, oh. So many Song of Ice and Fire references too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely, we'll definitely, I mean, we'll go into detail when we get cool. it. But I, I was thinking, like, we avoid, like, complete spoilers. Like, try, try to avoid that because then you want people to read it, right? But some, like, side spoilers. She, she was just like, cool. Perfect. <laughs> Donate money to the gaming show. No problem. Pardon? How the gaming go? Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. We were up till three a.m. How's it going, guys? Good. How you doing? Good. I like where we got my wolf photo with. Yeah. Right out there. Yeah. So, passion question for you. Yeah. Like yes, yeah, so I'll let you know when we. I'll just say next slide. Slide. If you just press right, it should or, or that thing it should work. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, just open up as well. Hey, we'll just scoot over right now. Yeah. Three mic flash. Thanks for the chair. Yeah, yeah. Let's see.